Keith. Nice to meet you, man. Yeah, man. And, uh, it's a pleasure being here. I appreciate you uh, asking me to come down and uh, chat for a little bit. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting to have different kinds of people on the podcast, you know, trying to get like all sorts of people. Right now I have like some musicians and stuff, you know, um, but mostly just musicians and some people working on some other projects. But I'm happy to have somebody who's like in the film Oh, film yeah, kind definitely. of world. I think the best part about having a podcast is how much you actually get to learn from all the different people in the different worlds and stuff like that. Cause I'm like that too. I like to just have people from different kinds of areas and just, you know, have them talk about, it. it's like, wow, I just learned a lot right there. Well, can we cuss on here and stuff? Or? Oh yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, sweet. <laughs> yeah. This isn't like kid friendly or anything. I don't care. But, um, with that said, I actually, um, come from, a like a live music background. Like I did live sound uh, for a little bit, like about a year and a half. I shadowed somebody at That's Joe's cool. Garado. From um, around here? Yeah, in Phoenix. Um, and then I, I played in bands. I know what it's like to be a sound guy. I know what it's like to be the band dealing with good and bad sound guys. Oh, absolutely. There's um, all sorts of stuff there. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, I re like I said, I really appreciate you having me come on. Um, like uh, fully just deep into this film world right now and uh i was able to take a lot of those experiences from you know being in bands and stuff that and it does apply to this so um there's a lot of lessons learned there so yeah i mean so so um where did you start out like playing around phoenix uh like, how'd your see, journey start out you know so i picked up guitar probably when i was about 13 or 14 yeah. i was literally like trying to be like a kurt cobain wannabe you know he was like a huge <laughs> influence on me like, everybody has an influence definitely it, it, that, that was like probably the the major influence for me musically to pick up a guitar and to start wanting to play right and literally a month and a half later we were already like trying to play shows and we we're absolutely horrible. Like I found guys that, you know, play drums and bass like that. And one of our very first shows was at the Mason jar. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever heard of that. It's actually uh, yeah. a legendary club, um, here in Phoenix. It's, it's uh, known as a rebel lounge now though. But, um, every big major band that you could ever possibly think of has played at this club like either before they made it or like metallica's played there nirvana's played there like all the big names and i remember our, my one of my very first shows was the uh, kitty show and because i was like 15 at the time so um it was like after 6 p.m was 21 and older or something like that so we like literally could play from like 5 to like 5 30 and then they would kick us out because we weren't allowed <laughs> to hang out there and stuff so but we were absolutely horrible yeah <laughs> well i mean so you started out like playing the rebel lounge and just like a, a small local band and stuff uh when did you like kind of upgrade your your career like you know did you ever make it further than that like getting into sound and stuff so um yeah so like you know you kind of start off with just like really shitty gear you know mm -hmm. like right. little practice guitar you know create 30 watt amp you know and you know <laughs> as you get older into high school and stuff like by the you know senior year you know i had like a full stack a whole rack of gear and we were actually taking music pretty seriously and stuff um to be honest with you i think the problem was is just like we party too fucking hard you know what i mean right. and on top of that being in a band kind of sucks to be honest with you it's like having four extra girlfriends that not only do you <laughs> bicker with sometimes but they bicker with each other you know what i mean and right. you're only really good as your weakest link on there and to be honest with you i waste a lot of my time with like un unambitious like musicians and people like i should have just fucking you know just 
you know, kicked out or whatever. So right. like, that's probably like one of the biggest things I could give uh, to younger people who are, you know, into sound or into music and stuff. Like surround yourself with fucking people that are ambitious and that are even smarter than you because you'll learn from them and stuff. And if you see someone that's holding you back or you're, they just, you don't feel like that like they have it in them fuck those motherfuckers because you're gonna waste a lot of time on them and i did that you know so yeah i've i've definitely been there myself i was uh you know i've i've been managed or like sort of managing a band for a little bit but uh that's got to be a nightmare uh, yeah <laughs> managing it's, a band. it's it's that's got to be like one of the r- roughest jobs i feel like just because it just feels like yeah, know, you're like trying to orchestrate and... like four or five people into doing the same thing with like, you know, cohesive thought patterns where everybody has to agree or if That's one person thi- doesn't, they you have to like convince them they shouldn't be butthurt about it. Like just fucking deal with it. Because you know? there's a lot of but, egos, right? And, absolutely. Yeah. And, but the <laughs> thing is, that's what a band needs is um, a manager and someone to be the director because if you don't have that then there's no one to guide you down those lanes that you need. You know what I mean? Yeah, open up have, those opportunities and stuff. Like and, one person trying to do that and write and play and everything. And that's just a lot on one plate. Totally. Yeah. Know? And then you have like our fucking drummer who literally showed up the least, but demanded the most. And like, you know, like I'm not going to play that show or like all of a sudden he's trying to write guitar riffs. I'm mean, like, we have the baddest guitar player ever. Like what <laughs> the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? It's just, right. Oh man. Being in a band, I'm, I know, don't get me wrong, it's fun as fuck, but, like, there's some uh, drawbacks to that. So right. I think that's why I kind of got into, uh, like, uh, when I was in my early 20s, I went to uh, GCC, started taking those live sound classes. I just got really upset with, obsessed with, like, recording, right. uh, miking drums and guitars and just um, – so I, I did all of our own, like, original recordings. It was kind of like right when the Digi uh, 01 came out. So it was like that transition from reel to reel when like digital like recording first uh, became really accessible. This is like in the early 2000s and shit. So um, I tried Pro Tools for a while. And then once uh, I got Logic, I just honestly like how Logic is just so user friendly and stuff. I kind of just got obsessed with right, that. It's easier that. to do simple things with yeah. Logic. If you're trying to do complicated things, then Pro Tools is probably better. But if you're just you know, doing some simple, simple recording yeah, for, just for basic practice stuff. or yeah, podcasts yeah, yeah, yeah. or a video. Yeah, I wasn't trying to like shit. make the next like, you know, yeah, Abbey Road or anything like that. I was just, it was just recordings, like demos for ourselves in the past round of our friends yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, the so. only reason I'm using Pro Tools. To oh, work. I don't mean to, I'm not saying anything. No, I mean, I'm just oh, saying like the Pro reason Tools. I'm using it for just like two tracks on this podcast is because uh, they're just, you know, teaching Pro Tools really hard at Crass. So like almost every lesson you're using Pro Tools to to get your sessions up to use the board. They teach Logic a little bit. There was one day of Ableton just to show you there's other DAWs out there. Yeah. But uh, Pro well, Tools is like their their standard. Well, it is the industry standard, isn't it? Yeah, for, yeah. for like really professional grade work, sure. Um, but there's still a lot of professionals who create in Logic and then throw it at the engineer and they work with it in Pro Tools. So you have a lot of creative people, like uh, Billie Eilish is one of them. Her, I think it's her brother that uh, oh, makes all the beats makes and all stuff. The, yeah, like yeah. mixes all of it and everything. But he works like exclusively in Logic, and then he'll send it off to get it mastered. And I'm sure the mastering engineer is using Pro Tools. There's no way you can't. That sounds like you know. um, 
my editing process right now for the project I'm working on, like I'll just do rough edits in Premiere. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not like the greatest editor in the world, but it's just kind of how like I visually see it. But then I'm able to send it to my editor who has this badass setup. You know what I mean? And then he's able to kind of yeah, he can like tweak it, tweak and, like, it, do all the fine yeah, and make it just way better, way mm -hmm. cooler. You know what I mean? So, um, no, Pro Tools is the shit. Um, you can do a lot for sure. Yeah, like it, it's crazy. I'm using a. Um, I think it's uh isotope rx8 um dude that that plugin is insane you just like delete the ac sound out of the whole track you can delete all the little voice clicks and everything like you don't even need a pop screen anymore damn i'm not it's, even hip on all these like cool plugins dude, it's nuts. you gotta look up rx8 yeah, you probably like, don't it's, have to do... it's like surgical you can just delete tiny little frequency bands and like no more AC noise. The and you're whole saying time. you can re you can uh, remove the pop filter now. From, pretty much. I mean, yeah. we're not using pop filters right now. I'm not even worried because I'm just going to take them out later and post. You know, I can just delete the clicks. Pretty much, it just runs through an algorithm and like learns what the clicks sound like, and then it just takes all of them out. Yeah, the plugins that are out now are just insane, ridiculous. How how smart they are. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. I honestly, to be honest with you, um, I haven't. Uh, been into logic or even pro tools in so many years that like i'm just not even hip to like yeah i mean you're, you're doing more than just sound though yeah you're, yeah you're going in through a whole movie totally so how'd you how'd you start with this movie um well actually it's not a movie it's a pilot television series it's oh, okay. a 26 minute pilot that we're going to pitch like hulu and netflix and all the major networks ne next year nice but also double as a short film for the film festivals uh that go on and um it, it was just like a script that i was working on for like the last two years it's just a silly dark stoner comedy you know <laughs> right. it's not shakespeare or anything but i really did work you know hard at it i sent i would send it to my friends and then they give me advice and ideas and i would rewrite it and fucking then send it again i did that for about two years and then finally i was just like i had a lot of, i had enough people and friends that believed in it like let's just fucking make this let's thing get started you know? so <laughs> we uh put a team together we raised uh six thousand dollars and we shot our first three-day block actually in the beginning of october oh, and wow. then um we're going to shoot the next four days in december so we're actually going to raise another about 10 grand uh in the next month and uh yeah it's been a fucking crazy just because this is my like first time i've ever directed anything so it's like you know a lot oh, of yeah. this is uh new to me but at the same time i i feel like i found my calling in life because i feel like everything i've done I've learned lessons that I could apply to this, but I didn't know it at the time. So for example, you know, doing all that in studio stuff, even the live sound, being in bands, dealing with people. Um, I traveled on a four uh, man halo team back in the day. Like I learned about all crazy shit doing that. And then, um, leading up to directing, I was acting for the last four years. So I was, um, oh, nice. getting cool. on all these crazy sets and just fucking just learning what to do, what not to do. Cause I've been on like, anything from like just the like the shittiest of like student films that just gone completely like it was like a shit show to like <laughs> i've actually been an extra on westworld so i've seen like you know uh, oh, wow. ed harris cool. fucking act in front of me and shit so I've, I've just learned all these things and then before that i've just been obsessed with watching not just movies but like the behind the scenes of the movies and the commentaries and the director right. i'm that nerd like i just love that shit more than anything and i just i've taken i took all those things that i've learned i was just like you know what i could fucking do this and now that i did these first three days i don't want to do anything else i just want to fucking direct for the rest of my life i don't even want to act anymore so i actually uh -huh. act in this project 
So I was acting, directing, but I cannot wait to kill my fucking character off because I just <laughs> want I don't want acting. I just want to direct. So, just directing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can imagine acting on top of directing has got to be a, a tricky game to play. Definitely. You just have to have um, the right uh, team and people that you can rely on. So my assistant director, like he kind of took, you know, took over charge that day to where like I didn't have to really worry yeah. about the directing side because he knows the shots i'm trying to get and all that shit so yeah so is um, he like does he like keep you in in reference too? like give you direction when you're when you're acting or do you kind of just run it on <laughs> no the scene? actually no <laughs> <laughs> just kind of lets you go <laughs> that's kind of weird uh no one actually gave me direction i would pull people aside and ask you know what i mean right because that's the thing about acting is you want to be directed. You 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 want to know it's if you're easier. doing good because you're just trying it's easier to. Easier if you're directed. Definitely. Well, that's the problem out here. Is like um, a lot of filmmakers just don't do that. Like they'll mm. call cut and then it's like, did I do good? Did I do bad? Like you just you're just trying to fucking create the vision of the director and you just want to make him happy. You know. Yeah. So it's very important to give feedback to your directors or your actors, whether it's good or bad. And so, but it was a funny thing because I'm the director, so no one really did ever direct me. But during the cuts, I would you know, look over to like the other actors, like, Hey, actually, can you do it like this? Can you say it like that? So it was interesting. Right. But that, I don't want to really do it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds nuts. Yeah. But, uh, so when is this movie or when is this series going to actually premiere? Well, you get a timeline I don't know or? when it's going to be out to the public. So the plan is, um, we shoot for four days in December and then post production from then pretty much all the way till March. And then, in March is when I'm actually going to pitch it to the networks and then submit it to the festivals. And the festivals have really lame rules as far as like, if you show it to the public, it's disqualified, stuff like that. So oh, it might actually be the end of, uh, 2022, early 2023 before, unless it gets picked up, you know what I mean? And oh, yeah. they, you know, we get a cool budget to like either reshoot the pilot or, I mean, that would be our yeah, dream is just to get a budget boost to, the project. What's that? <laughs> they'll just boost the project. Definitely. And get it rolling. Definitely. Yeah. Like that would be my dream and just get, uh, um, you know, all eight up. I have like all eight episodes ready to go. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Well, that's good. So eight episodes. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, it's just like the regular hour long format kind of thing. So it started off when I originally wrote the script is about, uh, 60 uh, minutes long and it was just too ambitious as far as like if i was to try to shoot this it would cost a lot and it would just yeah be the shoot would just be t obviously twice as long you know mm -hmm. so i cut it from 60 to 30 minutes which is actually heartbreaking because there's all these just funny subplots that i was attached to and stuff like that and it's just like fuck these gotta go and um but it just made the project feasible as far as like okay we could actually afford to shoot this it's not this crazy fucking sci-fi you know or like you yeah. have to get all these fucking crazy sets or anything like, like i actually have the sets to do it at what's that like get hundreds of people or anything yeah yeah like we don't need like well i actually do there is a scene where uh we are gonna need lots of extras but yeah <laughs> th there's 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 just things you could do to add lots of production value that you can't do if you're just overly ambitious with your script, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? So you don't want to shoot a fucking a sci-fi on like, you know, just a few thousand dollars script because it's going to look like shit, you know, right. or, or look super cheap, unless that's what you're going for. So, yeah. Creature of the Black Lagoon kind of thing. Yeah, like B-movie <laughs> stuff, you know what I mean? So unfortunately, I've acted in a lot of those movies. <laughs> That's all right. I have a lot of shit show projects I can show you, dude. That I was in. That's awesome, though. It's fun yeah. to look back on. Like, yeah. Later. If you if 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 you're like pushing out really awesome stuff in the future, and like people look back at your name, they're gonna be like, "Oh man, 
Look at this guy. Oh, there's a plenty of that. <laughs> They're like, man, this guy was in a lot of shitty stuff. But that goes for like anybody. I mean, when you're acting, you're just trying to get on a set and like, you know, get paid usually or get some experience, you know, and, and, you know, nine times out of the 10, you, you don't even really know like what you're getting yourself into, you know, as far as like, right. You're just saying yes to any job. Yeah. Cause you, yeah, you're just trying to, <laughs> you're just trying to build up that resume. If right. you, if you don't have a resume, you just, you just want to get as many sets as possible and stuff. So you have to do a bunch of shitty projects. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. That's kind of what I'm going to be doing in live sound. I mean, I, I mentioned earlier to you before we started recording that I'm like doing some, some work at the Orpheum theater. In yeah, Phoenix. That's badass, so, dude. Yeah, I'm just trying to like get in on some productions, and man, last night was was pretty fun because well, it was what like was a, the like kind of production was it? What kind of music was it? Or uh, last night they did a it was like a, a Mexican kids TV show was doing a live on stage tour. Oh, so it was like this show called uh, Belly Ibito. So and there's not like, music. There's like di- there's a dialogue. Oh, and stuff? it was a lot of music. Oh, okay. It was like like you know kids dancing kind of show, like <laughs> yeah. like little kids show and. There's like one female actress and then all the other dancers had like big old puppet helmets on, like big, huge ones, like Sesame Street heads. So they have like uh, microphones on the stage and stuff. Oh, they had people sitting off on the side where the audience couldn't see them and they were voicing the characters that had the heads on. So they had like voice actors for the characters off on the side. Hmm. And then the girl who was, who had no helmet, she had to voice herself. So she had a, a mic like a, a, like a headset yeah a headset mic and um she was like dancing and, and singing and stuff but it was a uh, kind of an interesting show man and and how many <laughs> tracks are you sitting here having to deal with to mix uh let's see the tracks there was a well there was a, a music track that he had but the way he routed it or wanted it routed was really weird he wanted it split to like three different faders the same signal because i think he had like one long track and each time it got to a different part, he was just going to mix it with a different fader. Like, it was, he was doing it all weird. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think he Some was... Some people uh, are like, pretty specific I, settings yeah, and setups they want you to like do. seems like he got taught the wrong way, but... <laughs> That's when I... <laughs> oh, well. I remember when I was doing live sound and... Um, you think it would be easier, but, like, when some of the hip-hop acts would come in and they would just hand you a CD of their beat and there would be, like... I don't know, 20 vocal tracks on it that are already mixed that sound like shit. Right. You know what I mean? And then they bring up like 10 of their buddies and shit. And, you th- and you're just trying to mix all of this to make it sound good. And it's almost impossible. It's like, you think it would be easier because you don't have to like mic drums and bass and do all this stuff. You know, like, no. oh, no, it's actually they a give you a, a piece of audio that's just garbage to begin that with. That they did on Logic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Fruity Loops. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Something exactly. like that. Yeah. Like, no, thanks. It's like, can I get these separated or, but yeah. Yeah, dude, this guy brought, the guy who was doing the video, he had a projector pointed at the ceiling of the Orpheum for, like, some effect. But uh, he brought in a laser and asked if we he could use this laser. He had four of them. And um, my cousin, Dylan, is the one working at the Orpheum. He's the one overseeing the the show. And uh, he looks at the laser. He's like, hold, hold on, let me look at this. He looks at the back plate. It's a 2.5-watt laser. <laughs> It's like this thing can cut steel oh at God. like 20 feet. 
Are you serious? It's yeah, dude. Super it can, dangerous. It's like super dangerous. The laser, like super harmful. It can burn. It's things. not like the stage lasers. It, it's actually no, like, yeah. no, no, no. This is an it's industrial like grade like cutting <laughs> laser, and he had four of them in a case. Oh, dude, that's a. And he's like, I have a, I have a lens. He's speaking dude, like broken English. He doesn't I'm know have much to steal English. Steal that as a bit from one of my shows. That's hilarious. Yeah, we were like, can we confiscate that? We're gonna <laughs> like, have to let's call um, it the fire marshal. We're gonna have to meet up uh, on the side here, and you're gonna have to give me funny bits to write because I love this stuff. Like, because it just does. That's fucking comedy right there, dude. Yeah, dude. Someone bringing cool. fucking lasers. That's what I'm doing. That's this, hilarious. This, this podcast is all what this is all about. No, like, I'm know, trying to bring hilarious. up the funniest stories I no, can. I know, you know it's most entertaining it. stuff. But like, yeah, man, we had to tell ones? him no. He he had a filter. He's like, what if I use this filter? And he's like, hold on. And my cousin was like, hold on. He went on the website and like looked up the filter and the specs to see if he could use it and put it in a formula. And he said it was still harmful to skin at 300 feet, even with the filter on. <laughs> it's probably like, look pretty cool though. You're gonna melt the paint on the walls, dude. You can't use this. Could you imagine if he didn't say anything? Oh my god. Yeah, that would have been bad. Well, they they would have to rig him to the, you know, the pipes that that fly up on the electric, and like they have to have the theater's permission to put anything on that kind of stuff. Is it like from the so, top? You mean? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. So we were like lowering the beams and like putting new lights that, on yeah. the rack and like flying it back up. It took a lot of pre-production. <laughs> just picture these lasers and it's just like. Cutting lines cutting on, the on the stage. ground, and everyone's just like, "Whoa!" <laughs> Seriously, there's there's like hundreds <laughs> of kids at this show too, man. It was nuts. Oh man, was, yeah, dude. There was like I think 900 tickets sold that night for for this Mexican kids show. Do you get uh, nervous like, for that, or like uh, mixing that, or what do you mean, like nervous? How I don't know. Just like uh, just going out there, and it's just like all these people that you're you know you're doing the, you're providing the sound for. I don't know if there's any. Um, are you well, I was pretty I was just shadowing. Oh, so it's like okay, my, okay. my cousin was doing all the, the setup and then they had their own sound guy as well. I see. So, okay. so my cousin pretty yeah. much just routed everything that they needed. He asks, what speakers do you need? You know, what, what, what I'm do thinking you need there's a on you. I was like, oh shit, that's oh, a no, lot. No, 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 I'm just there to help. I was oh, just okay. moving cables. That's how I in. was when I was doing live sound. Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not yeah, there yeah. yet, but yeah. eventually I'm going to be training and, uh, hopefully, hopefully I can work at the Orpheum like as audio instead of just a stage hand. But that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just kind of helping out. Yeah, man, you'll get there. You just keep doing going out there like that. And yeah, it's pretty cool. I can't wait to see what other crazy stuff happens. That laser's nuts. Like <laughs> that's probably might it might be one of the more wild stories I've heard. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm glad we. I'm glad he brought it up. Glad he didn't just use it. What's that? I'm glad he didn't just pull it out and plug it in. Like that would been that would have been bad. I don't know. It would be kind of funny. I don't know where you got that, man. <laughs> you order lasers like that in Mexico. I, I know I know in America yeah, you, yeah. you have to have a permit. Those? Yeah, no shit. You, in America you have to have a permit. Did they like, have they not done this show before and tried these lasers? I don't get it. Like That's you, a good question. Like that's what I'm saying. <laughs> if like, they have, the first time you wanted to try dude, it if they've this used show? those lasers before, like they've cut holes, like they've they've definitely left lines in the wallpaper or whatever. I don't know. Have you man. um done a lot like uh, other live sound uh shows before that you experienced some crazy stuff? Um I mean while while managing that that band uh, Arcanaut, I I would like go with them on live sound like, but I was on the other side. I was like on the the artist side, you know. I wasn't on the like the dealing venue with side. the sound guys, yeah. So I was dealing more with like the bar owners and stuff, like you know, just making sure we got our guarantee, seeing where we could put our merch table, seeing like what kind of costs or fees there are. Most dive bars don't give a shit if you set up merch tables though. They're just like, yeah, go ahead, right over there. Like they don't take a cut, they don't take nothing. It's like the bigger music venues that'll take a cut of merch. That's and such stuff, bullshit. 
Uh, yeah, it is bullshit. Because, because especially <laughs> nowadays when um, musicians, that's their yeah, biggest fucking way to make money is off merch. Yeah, you're, you can't make money off of fucking streaming and any, or anything else now. Like they make money off of touring and merch mostly, and they're already taking the fucking door. You know what I yeah. mean? Like give it the merch. That should be a hundred percent, man. Yeah, I believe that too. It's just it's it's pretty crazy because like back in the day, like you would get money for for plays. Like when people bought your music or played your music, like you're getting money. Nowadays, it's like you're getting point zero zero three cents after for like, like <laughs> months. Yeah, you know, it's like nothing. So, you know, it's I don't know, man. You should be able to sell the merch and just take the cash. Definitely, it's it's pretty nuts. Now, apparently, anything over like six hundred dollars, you got to report too. Protections and shit. Fuck that. <laughs> That's why it's five hundred ninety nine every time, totally no matter crazy. what. Yeah, every show we sell five hundred and ninety nine dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, man. It's really tough to uh, make money off of music. Yeah, I can't. I can't you, imagine, you know? especially like, with the music I'm into. Like, I'm in a lot of metal and stuff like yeah, that. Dude, the and metal, metal scene only is so gets. Dry. It just only gets so big. You know what I mean? Like one yep. of my favorite bands in the world is called uh within the ruins i know those guys yeah the fucking guitar good, player bro is from another planet the riffs that he comes up with i'm just like what the f these guys i think should be fucking billionaires because of how good they are at their instruments the singer had to fucking quit because they're not making any money and he has a family and he had to get a you know he, he uh, went back to his day job and shit yeah. that sucks there's like there's like 10 metal bands that make money yeah like, like metallica Gojira, Which is a fucking Lamb of sad God. because Metallica, <laughs> they have to have a fucking psychiatrist in the room just to hang out. So they don't, they just do it because it's a brand and it's bigger than them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. fucking, um, who are the other ones? You said, uh, uh, like Lamb of God and Lamb Gojira. God. They, they, they still sell a lot of, well, merch. And then like all those old but, metal bands that are like still around that still tour. You know what I mean? Like fucking yeah. probably like Iron Maiden. You know, yeah, like sure. all the, the old classic metal bands yeah. and, and stuff. But but any other metal man, man, like, because Within the Ruins tours their ass off. And, you know, for that guy to, you know, go back to his day job, I'm just like, fuck, that sucks, you know? Right. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know how to make money with it, you know? It's just kind of like an ongoing mystery. Like, you Merch just try as hard as you can. And, sponsors, you know? Yeah, pretty much, like, unless you... But Unless that's why label, like, like, I really respect musicians these days who still fucking go at it, you know, full out because they're, they fucking love it and they enjoy it. You know what I mean? It means they're not doing it for that. You know, I respect right. that a lot. Yeah. It takes a lot of effort nowadays, especially it's just like, okay, you're selling t-shirts, but then like you got to cover the cost of the deliveries and all that too, you know? <laughs> I mean, or, or they do set have up cool shit though. Like, um, they have like Teespring. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Yeah, where you just send in a design. You just make all your shit, and then when they order it, like they do everything, and you get actually a pretty decent cut from it too. I do that with our podcast stuff. Hmm, I'll um, have to look into that. Yeah, you should. Uh, What's it called? Teespring. Teespring. Yeah, there's other uh, uh, companies also that are similar like that, but uh, we use Teespring, and um, it's fun. It's actually fun going on there and like designing all the cool merch and you know shirts and stickers. Oh, they and all actually that have like is it like Canva where you like put on your it, yeah, your but it's actually a, a little better. You know what I mean? It's a little better than that. Okay. And then um, yeah, and then people can just go on there and buy get, buy their buy their shit, and then you don't do anything, and they fucking make it and they ship it to them, and then you get your cut. Sweet. Yeah. yeah, I'm still looking for a logo for the podcast though. Like, I have an idea of what I want. I just need to find an artist to draw it up. I know that's tough. like. 
Well, starting a podcast, that is definitely like, like the I don't, more difficult stuff is like finding the logos, especially if you're not good at like graphic design. Like I, I hate doing graphic design shit. You know what I mean? So it's like you have to either find somebody or go on Canva. Yeah, <laughs> I'm some like, like template. Yeah, I like uh, <laughs> I, I draw, but I don't really uh you know, I don't do the digital thing. I just, I could sit down with a pencil and draw anything. You on should paper, do that. That but... would look actually pretty cool. And then just, you know, maybe take a decent picture of that and scan that. Well, my idea was to make it into a neon sign. So yeah, a like neon that. sign that says things beyond sound. Isn't that what it but, is now? Uh, it is, but I just took, you know, copyright free text yeah. and, and threw it into, into like Photoshop or whatever. And you know, that's, well, actually I, I tried that with an original font. And then you can actually see it in like the first episode thumbnails, but uh, I handed it off to to one of my buddies in the band, and um, he uh, he turned it into a neon sign. Nice. It's actually Dan Dan McCourt. Shout out to Hell yeah. Dan. What up, man? Shout out. <laughs> but he's he's the one who's uh, it, it was uh, he was one of the members of the band I was managing. Oh, okay. He's starting off a new project, so so that band's no longer. Uh no, no it's not. Unfortunately. It worked a long time, but... So would you, know. you ever get back into managing, or...? I mean, I, I kind of am now on their new project. I'm kind of sticking around. Um, unfortunately, school's keeping me really busy, so it's hard to, like, keep in touch with them and work on anything. But right now, they're just trying to hash out some new songs and kind of get into writing more and finishing up a, maybe, like, their first EP for the new project, so... Do you have any hand in their writing, like, producing at all, or is it just all managing? It's just all managing. Yeah. I stay out of their way creatively. yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't want to touch anything. Do you they play do at all? Or? I mean, I mess around on a guitar, keyboard every now and then, but I can't play a song. I don't have any songs in my library. I just pick around and find cool melodies. Well, then, what got you uh, into wanting to do audio? Just I've just known musicians my whole life. That's cool. Like, That's I like playing on guitar. I just never really sit down and practice. But you know, I I hang around hang around with musicians and people in the industry. Like I think the industry is cool, the entertainment and just selling music, like selling your art is incredible to me. Like if you can do that oh, with yeah, fuck yeah. visually, with film, with music, if you could do that in any fuck capacity, yeah. I am all for me. that. And, I, and me you too. Know? I, and when I see my friends that are able to do that, even my girlfriend recently, um, she discovered that she's really good at fucking painting out of nowhere. Like literally about a year and a half, two years ago. Um, she uh she does hair right, and one of her mm -hmm. clients wanted to hang out with her and take her to one of those wine paintings. Back a little. Oh, I'm sorry, am I too loud? Just a little, just pull it back. Yeah, yeah there right you there. Go. Sorry. Yeah, it's good. Um, and uh, she wanted to take her to one of those wine painting things, and my girlfriend's like, oh, I don't want to go, blah blah right. blah. And I'm like, just fucking go, hang out with her. She goes to this fucking wine painting thing, and they're painting like their dogs and shit. She ends up painting the best one there, and it looks fucking awesome of our husky and shit. Right. And she posted on Facebook. And then before you know it, dude, it's just people like, can you paint my dog? Can you paint my dog? And yeah, of course. all of a sudden she has a fucking dog painting business. Fast forward a year and a half later, she's doing an art show called the Pancakes and Booze, which they do in downtown Phoenix. I highly suggest anyone to go because it's all the baddest artists in Phoenix just like selling their art there and shit like that. Plus oh, you get a couple awesome, drinks man. and stuff. And she sells like the dog paintings and then she does like these funny like she does like a five guys series, which is like Guy Fieri, like he's like on a fucking naked baby with wings, you know, just like goofy <laughs> shit like that. You know what I mean? But it's, it looks really good, you know? So but she didn't even know she could fucking paint. And so my <laughs> point is if you, if you like, you know, just try shit. Cause you don't even know what you're capable of, especially right. artistically. And then you, you know, 
you know, in some time in life, you might even be able to make money off of it and shit. Well, I got to remind so, people if just cause you can't draw doesn't mean you can't paint just they're two different beasts. Just remember that. Totally. <laughs> I can't draw or paint. So. I can draw just fine. Painting is a challenge for me. <laughs> I'm sure you can. But I'm, I'm, if I tried and sat down and practice, I could. But yeah. I mean, it takes more hours for me to paint than to draw. You know, I can draw well. But yeah. painting is like, I feel like an infant. Like I just, I don't know. Well, that's the other thing is like she was just good at it naturally. And then... Now she studies it and she watches YouTube videos and there's little tricks of the trade and it just has oh, yeah. gotten tremendously better. Paint, painting you know? is nuts. There's so yeah. much to it. Yeah. It's crazy. Like we just watched this crazy fucking Bob Ross doc on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it. It's fucked I've up. I've seen the documentary. It's I haven't watched up. it. I haven't watched it it's yet. It's just sad. Anyway, she learned something from there. Like, oh, I, oh, I didn't know Bob Ross did that. Well, she tried that one. Of her. I, forgot, I forgot what it was, but it like made the painting better. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like, just little shit. improvements, little <laughs> yeah, techniques little here things. and there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, audio is the same way. Just learning oh, yeah. little little tiny tips and tricks. And it's like literally, if you move the mic like this, it sounds that much better. Like holy shit! Yeah, like you have, and and even here, like we have these uh, these recording clinics where we have this room, like have a whole drum set and guitar and bass and whatever person in the vocal booth, and they show us how to mic up all this stuff, and then they tell you like, this is how I do it, and it's not the right way or wrong way. This is how I'm going to do it right now. And like, That's you know, you have though. a different instructor saying like, like, this is how we're going to mic it today. Like, this is going to sound different. So pay attention, you know, and they'll mic the drum set a little bit different. Yeah, it's crazy how, you know? how I used to be obsessed with that, how just the little tweak of the microphone can make the, the sound and the tone yeah. of that instrument so much different. You totally you know? ruin your Especially entire mix. Like, totally, yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, especially like on guitar cabs, whether you're like on the cone or like, you know, off axis, like half the cone and half the speaker and shit like that, or yeah. drum sets, putting the, you know, having a second kick in the room, you know, and mixing that in with the kick that's like, or the drum uh, mic that's right next to the kick. Right. You know, that shit's fun, dude. I love that stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of different It's techniques. making me want to get back into it. Oh, yeah, dude, it's fun. <laughs> Just being I mean, here. This place is dope, dude. Yeah, it's fun. I, I'm kind of worried I didn't use the studios as much as I should have I'm getting to the end of my, my school time here, but... uh you like know, well, you can do anything like record bands and shit too, or yeah, I ah. can bring in up to four people. Well, but, uh, how long do you have? Um, I have about well, let's see, five more weeks. Oh, five more weeks. Yeah, so not a lot of time. I was gonna say, I, I think I might have a project for you if you were interested. It's up to you, dude. <laughs> I mean, I can use the console if you want to record a song or something. That's up to you. Yeah, there's just like a uh, I can book the fictional studio. character in the uh, pilot I was talking about, and he goes by the name of Bobby Buttrock. And I don't know if you're familiar with like the glam metal of the '80s, the dudes that would like wear makeup and have those crazy guitar solos. Yeah, like Steel Panther. Exactly, like Steel Panther. <laughs> so Bobby Buttrock is Buttrock. And um, we just wrote this song called Rock Hard that is actually going to be played live, um, you know, like a concert in the show. Yeah. And uh, we actually need a studio to uh, record that in. So You record the, the audio for the, for the So, series. like, we have, like, my friend did all the music at his house, kind of like on Logic, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And then um, we were just going to take that to, like, a professional studio and then just, like, do it with live drums and fucking have Bobby Buttrock. He's, like, a tremendous vocalist and just do all, like, yeah, Buttrock. Do so you have all the instruments and everything? What's that? You, you have all the instruments? And yeah, everything? we have everything. Pretty much everything's ready to go. The only thing is the drummer for Bobby Buttrock's band is on tour. He just left for tour yesterday. He comes back November 20th. Mm. So that sounds like the five weeks right there. Well, that's <laughs> right a problem, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that would be the problem. Yeah, yeah. 
but anyway we'll talk about that off, yeah uh, we can talk about that later off the podcast but uh so so you have any uh any stories from any live live shows anything that stands out um yeah there's there's a lot of things that stand out um there's just common things that always happen like usually no matter what night it is like so for example you'll be fucking mixing the band and shit and you'll see like some like lady she's like in her 50s or 60s and she's standing off to the side you know <laughs> like completely out so she's only right. in front of like the left speakers of the stage you know oh, what I mean? okay and she'll fucking look over at you like this and you're just like what the fuck is that lady looking at and she'll look over again and you're like oh great and sure as shit she looks over again and then she walks over and she's like i can't hear my son who's playing the guitar can you turn him up and i'm like yeah, yeah yeah i got you and then you just go like this but you're not turning anything up yeah pick a blank fader and you're like does this sound good and then she's oh yep cool i got you <laughs> and then you're like fuck you <laughs> like stand in the middle asshole you know yeah I, mean? I hate that shit <laughs> yeah i was just i was just talking <laughs> just about like, that just a million annoying things like that mm -hmm. and then um all right go ahead well i was just talking about that with my cousin last night <laughs> like he's like yeah if anyone asks to turn them up i just you know pick a fader totally it's blank and like there you go and just go back to work. That was one of the bits <laughs> in the 60-minute version of my script, and that got cut out. Right. But when we were casting the lead for the sound guy, he actually is a real-life sound guy. You should actually have him come in. He's awesome. Oh, yeah? And Because um, it was really important to me to cast a guy that when he's actually doing the sound on the board, it he knows what right. he's doing. Yeah, and it looks real, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because the actor that I had before, he wasn't. And I was worried, like, because he's going to be hitting knobs and shit. I want sound guys to watch and be like, I can relate to this. That looks legit. You know what I mean? Like they actually yeah. could fucking really, you know, laugh at this shit. And, um, uh, when he came to the audition, he brought that bit up about using the, you know, acting like yeah. you're pushing up the fan. I'm like, bro, that wasn't like one of the biz. It was just like, I felt like I'd known this dude for years. Like, and he just, he's a phenomenal actor and he just fit perfectly and stuff. So that's just hilarious. That's cool. That's yeah. like a common thing, right? Within sound guys. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I, I haven't even really mixed a live show and I can imagine that being a thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then you just deal with like lots of fucking egos, which is funny because it all comes from the bands that are local. When the major like mainstream bands come in that are touring, they're the nicest, sweetest, most respectful dudes ever. But the, and they actually have fans and shit. But then you get these fucking bands that have no fans, and they fucking treat you, the sound guy, like shit. That's how I know how a person is as a human being is how I'm treated as a sound guy. Seriously, <laughs> right. because it's like, who the fuck are you? You know, I'm trying to make you sound good, motherfucker. Like you should be like just at least giving me some decent respect. Like you know, handing them a DI box and they don't even fucking look at you or you know they're just oh it sucks yeah yeah i could imagine it's it, dude I, but to me like i don't mean it sucks i mean it sucks like in a comedic way and that's why i like yeah it's part i'm of taking all these bits and making it into that show yeah trying to please an artist with their own art exactly like, <laughs> exactly they're never going to be happy with it but i've been on the other end too like in bands where i've dealt with uh good sound guys and shitty sound guys i've dealt with sound guys that like you look over and they're not even out the board and outside smoking a cigarette and shit or something they're like dude what the fuck right you know right. so <laughs> it goes both ways yeah dude the sound guy we had in last night for that that uh show at the orpheum man he was like playing with the the level like the the eq levels on the 
for for his main out on the the show and he just kept cranking the bass up like the bass was just super heavy it was like this is a kids show this is not a club this is not like dude i have a video like i stood behind the soundboard when he was doing his sound check i stood behind the soundboard and i took out my phone i took a video of what he was doing and I like pointed at the stage. You see all these like kids' costumes up there. Like this is before anyone is in the show. And then I just point at the spectrograph, at like the the screen that's showing all the frequencies. And you just see the bass just full, just farting, just full like orange, <laughs> just boom, like. And then Jesus. everything else was like nothing, like normal. And the bass was just. You think he was just like bored? He was I, like, he's like, Fuck that's this. just how he mixes stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm sure he doesn't only mix this kid's show. I'm sure he does other shit in Mexico. Like he, he didn't speak English either. So it's not oh, like. Oh, so this is like the sound guy of like the production? The, yeah. This TV yeah. show's from Mexico and they toured like around the United States, like, well, around the Southern United States. But, um, so they were on tour and it was just one of their stops and they brought their sound guy. They brought their, their like lighting guy and. Do they have uh, live bands that play there? Yeah, yeah, they do all sorts of shows. Um, sometimes it's like rock shows. Sometimes it's like classical. Uh, actually, I'm going to be going and helping out. We're going to mic up an orchestra in the orchestra pit for a silent movie, and they're going to do all the sound for a silent movie. And That's I'm going to be there, like helping mix that. That's really might cool. Might be on monitors for that, but yeah. we'll see. They do stand up there too, right? I think I've seen Stephen. Yeah, they Wright do stand up. I actually yeah, uh, I've seen Stephen Wright there actually yesterday. No, the day before yesterday. Uh, they had John Cleese. Oh, yeah. I, I had helped, a couple of friends go to that. Oh, yeah. I helped. Uh, I just helped with the production, like the setup, and then I left before the show started. But I was there helping out. Did you give him like a like a lav mic or is he like holding he the mic? He had a handset or a headset. And then oh, okay. the other guests on the in the show had handhelds. Handhelds, yeah. And then there was a handheld off to the side that did like a voice of God thing, like a narrator, <laughs> yeah. you know. So he had a narrator, but... Yeah, John Cleese is like a fucking legend, dude. Yeah, that show was like four tracks. So, easy. <laughs> yeah, easy peasy, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's why I left. I was like, okay, setup's done. I'm going to take off if that's cool. <laughs> yeah, you don't really have to mix. Like, I don't have to sit here. But, so, yeah, it's pretty interesting. All the equipment they have at the Orpheum, like just massive amounts of, of speakers and mics and all sorts of crazy shit. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's really cool that you're uh, getting the experience there. Yeah, you know? hopefully uh, hopefully I can log my internship hours there. This is like an internship hours requirement for the school. But, you know, I've already knocked out like 20 hours in two days. So How, many, how many do you need? 280. 280? So it's not really that much. Like, relatively, it's maybe a couple months at an internship if, you, if you're working really hard. Um, yeah, it's like four or four, six hours a night, you know what I mean, if you find a decent club, you know? Yeah. Yeah, easily. Actually, what am I thinking? They probably don't even have fucking shows that much nowadays with all the COVID bullshit, right? It's actually coming back, at yeah. least in at least in Phoenix, in Arizona, because the laws are a little relaxed. It's yeah. not like fucking locked down like Australia or anything. Oh, jeez, I know. <laughs> I just saw a video today, like the police checking a dude's coffee to make sure it's okay to have his mask down and shit. I was like, Jesus Christ. That's, That's crazy. nuts. Yeah. That's absolutely crazy. Man, if we ever get to that point, there's going to be no more live music. Like, it's going to be over. <laughs> you know, I was curious about how the live music here is going to be affected because I know how all those clubs came together with the whole, like, um, I guess you have to show your Vax card or something to get in or a, a test or something yeah, that like stick. that. Oh, it didn't? No. 
Oh, I didn't know that. The Orpheum was a part of that list and they didn't test I people. I knew that was going to happen like, because I read the comments on like all of those clubs Facebook and half the people are like, fuck you, I'm never coming they can't, in. They can't do that because yeah. people would not come. Like, Yeah, I know. They, they just wouldn't show up. I would be one of those people. If, if I, I was I required to show music, that, I wouldn't go. Yeah, I like, thought music was dead like right when that happened. And not because I'm like, anti or pro-vax just because of the everyone's attitude you know i I definitely definitely started looking up how to how to make money on music just just by streaming or online (laughs) online sales i was like okay well live music is out let's do some research yeah no shit yeah (laughs) plan b yeah let's try and i know but that sucks man just like there's nothing better than like going to a show of your favorite band with all your fucking homies you know what i mean getting a couple of drinks in you fucking getting smoking some weed and shit you know what i mean yeah, like dude, it's just, pretty great yeah dude there's and the and to see like the possibility of like that going down the shitter i was like god damn yeah no, it's, i i didn't go to a show for like a year and a half i went to uh, uh i think the last show i went to before the whole pandemic thing was like the Slayer farewell tour or mm-hmm. whatever at the auction pavilion. And, uh, you know, that was crazy show. i I moshed a lot and, you know, I messed up my shoulder. And... <laughs> People have masks on while they're moshing. No, it was I before know, that, be but ugh, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. But we, uh, so after all that, like a year and a half later, I finally go to one at the rebel lounge and it was a uh, condemned till dawn was headlining just like, you know, some local bands, local metal show, but it was great. It was like really great, and nobody was like forced to wear masks. Like, so it feels like normal, like it used yeah, to be, like it the old days. Felt like normal. <laughs> like it 2019. Was great, it was awesome. Yeah. But um, you know, I don't know how they would be able to inf- how to do that and enforce. Like, so is Orphan the only one who said fuck that, or a bunch of the clubs? I can't. Like I said, I can't imagine that you could enforce that. Like, how are you going to enforce that and still keep your business open to? 100% of your audience. That's you why know, it was odd to me that they gone. agreed to that. That's why I was like, this, they're shooting themselves in the fucking foot, right? Yeah, right it's just a that. bad business move. Like, you could claim it's for public health or whatever, but, I mean, it's just optics. Like, if it's it's a crazy, like, polarizing subject, really. It's just I know. you're either on one side or the other, but, you know, there's there's realistic solutions that don't require... You know, show me your papers. I totally, I totally agree with that, dude. <laughs> that's fucking yeah, that's insane to me. I don't know why uh, testing isn't more popular, but what's that? I don't know. I don't know why testing isn't more popular. What do you mean, like for antibodies cost. and shit, or yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that or or any other testing. You know, it's just it doesn't uh, it doesn't make sense. Just the one hundred percent vaccination, but um. That's a whole other subject we can get it into. It is another subject, yeah. but it just relates to the live sound thing a no, lot. No, I know, totally. <laughs> no, sucks. I know. Yeah, but, uh, it totally does uh, relate to that. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it's like I- I'm kind of worried about that, just getting into the business, like trying to get into live sound because yeah, that really even kicks off. your hours. Yeah, it, especially. Like I even talked to my internship coordinator, and I was I was telling him, like, hey, man. You need to go so, do the now. <laughs> If I give you a list of if internship possibilities, like or my wish list or whatever, like are are you going to be able to get me to those places? Are you going to tell me if they require me to be vaccinated, or like am I just shit out of luck? Like should I quit? <laughs> like, you know, I, I was but, in that same predicament with um, acting because uh, I have an agent and she'll send me on all these crazy auditions and stuff. And then a lot of these sets now, like you have to be vaccinated to be on. And I was like, you know, 
don't even fucking send me the auditions in because I'm not going to, you know. Yeah, it's not that it's I'm not. even anti-vax. Like, I just don't feel like you should have to show any of that to be on those sets, you know. I just actually had a, a COVID safe set myself, uh, you know, by just fucking doing temperature checks, asking questions and just fucking, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, like it's not impossible to, to do it without exactly without this, this vaccine. But it's like it. I just I'm I'm worried that it's there's no alternative, you know. They're going to pretend like that's the only thing. And you know, we need alternatives for people that want choice, you know. So it's like if if I if I choose to live how I want and then this entire industry blocks me out, it's like, well, like what do I do at that point? Like was all this education for nothing? Just and and just thinking about how many people are in that same predicament. So for example, my friend his wife actually brings in two thirds of their income right now and she works for the airlines and mm. she's getting ready to be fired on the 20th if she's not vaccinated. And that's sad. That's fucked up. Yeah, it is fucked up. And, that, and there's also all these fucking nurses who just last year when all this shit happened, they were told not to wear masks because they didn't want to scare anybody. Then all these people get COVID all these nurses, they built all the antibodies and now they're being told if they get the, they don't get the vaccinated, they're going to get fired when they just put their whole life on the line <laughs> at the beginning of all this shit. Yeah. That's and crazy. they have the, the natural immunity. After exactly. Getting the COVID too. That's like, uh, like that, that's a subject no one wants to talk about. It's not like, which I don't understand. That's, this blows my mind. Because it would ruin too many arguments. <laughs> no, it's just cause like, it would win too yeah, much. <laughs> like, it's just the pharmaceutical bullshit. I don't even want to get into that. Man. Too much money. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. It's above my pay grade. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah life's on. Yeah. I hope, uh, I well, hope it clears up. I wanted to ask you though, uh, you said you wanted to do a life sound ultimately, but, um, what would be your like biggest goal? Like just to like, uh, maybe work at like a, a certain club, like maybe like the Orphram or would you like want to tour on a, like with a major band and, you know, my, my goal is to work with, um, with the Orpheum for now, like to to kind of cut my teeth there, you know, try to because they do such a wide variety of shows. Oh, yeah. I mean, they they do like music, bands, uh, comedians, like the, the Mexican kids TV show, you know, so I'm learning a lot about these different kinds of productions. So I feel like it's going to be a good place to start and learn. And then, you know, after after I do a few years of that, if I'm ready to move on, um, then, then I'm going to try to move on to uh, different places and try to get on a tour, like maybe a touring company, like as a A2 or something, trying to trying to just do the audio side. But um, honestly, if if this band project that's that's coming out, I mean, I'm not sure about revealing it right now because I don't know how the band members are going to feel about it. But uh, you know, if that if that kicks off and they start picking up some traction, like I could definitely like switch gears to do their live sound and go on tour with them like at any time that's a great idea if that's ever going to yeah. be a possibility i'm going to jump on that like no problem definitely why wouldn't they you know why I mean? wouldn't they no i mean i'm like why wouldn't they want to use you as a sound live sound i mean that's perfect right? yeah i mean that's like it's, yeah, it's like almost these guys like it's meant to be time. yeah <laughs> yeah that's kind of one of the reasons i went to this school we we're having a lot of problems with uh getting a good recording down and getting a good like EP out and getting our sound recorded. Couldn't find a good studio. Things kept falling through because the pandemic. That's exactly I why like, I got you know into recording when yeah. I was in a band is because I was just sick and tired of like going to other people's studios and all that. Shit. I was like, fuck it. We'll just do all this stuff ourselves, you know? Yeah. And it was fun. It's fun. That's exactly why I came here. I was like, you know what? 
I'm tired of trying to depend on other people. They don't understand how serious we are. They're just going to blow us off because we're a local band. Yep. It's like, ah, uh, well, fuck that. I'm going to learn it myself. Totally. And like, at least we can get a get a start on what we want to sound like. And then we can bring it to somebody who's like, you know, more professional than these local studios. Like, I don't know. We've had some bad experiences. Maybe it was just bad luck with the timing. Like COVID came and kind of fucked everything up made everybody question whether they want people at their house or in their studios and made everything really difficult. Yeah. Cause then like you have a, like different band members probably with different takes, like with what's going on in the world mm -hmm. too, you know, everybody and everybody in our group is pretty much on the same page. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. We're all, we're all pretty much on the same page. I mean, we don't really disagree about any of that stuff too often. Um, that's good. More, more creative differences. Oh, that, I see. that's the problem. Like, especially in the graphic side, Nobody can decide on what the art's supposed to look like. It's like, you guys are dumb. Just pick something. Yeah, you know the hardest thing, actually, is coming up with a band name. Yeah, well, we got that down. Yeah, that's So that's good. not yeah, hard. Yeah. I know, yeah. But it's also, like, fun and funny. Like, before we find our band names, like, you, you, you're like, all right, guys, come on, let's have a meeting. Let's think of a fucking band name. You, you come up with, like, three or four maybe serious ideas, and then it's an hour of just jokes, funny, like, stupid ideas. I know, ideas. we were joking a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, one of our, our drummer, Attila... He was just like, oh, we should go with Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> and then our guitarist, Luis, he, he didn't know that was a, a book. And he's just like, Atlas Shrugged. I like that. It's like he shrugged the earth off his shoulders. <laughs> and we were all just staring at him like, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's a book, dude. That's funny, dude. It's like, oh, I didn't even know. It sounds pretty dope, though. It's like, well, I mean, we could. The thing about band <laughs> names is, is like the band ultimately makes the name, even if it's just something stupid. I, I always like to use the example of the band Corn. I mean, yeah. that's the dumbest band name ever, but you don't really think of it. There's a lot of I mean, dumb ones. <laughs> there's a lot of dumb ones, yeah. Yeah. Like Five Finger Death Punch. That's pretty dumb. It's pretty dumb. Yeah. Yeah, I just call it Five Finger Fruit Punch. There's some pretty fucking... That's, <laughs> that's yeah. way more entertaining. That's There's some pretty badass ones, though, like within the ruins. That's pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. All that remains. All that remains is dope. Yeah, like Black Dahlia Murder. Yeah. Some of these names are cool, but, you know, I don't know. You get some weird ones out there. Have you ever heard of Pelvic Meatloaf? I have heard of Pelvic Meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. They actually sound pretty damn good. They're um, <laughs> probably one of the bigger metal bands in Phoenix just because they've been around for like 30 yeah, years. Yeah, they're one of those like permanently local bands. Yeah, totally, but, yeah. Yeah, they do, they do some good work, man. They're actually playing a show... October 30th, I think. Oh, yeah? Um, at one of those clubs that we were just talking about where... Was it like the 44? No. I know they got like a tight circle of bands that always play there, but... What is it called? The 44? The 44. I've it's like all the guys it. from Joe's Grotto moved over there. Oh, okay. I think I think Joe actually works there. Where's that Don't at? Don't quote me on that, but... I have to look it up. 44, 44th Street and something else? Huh. I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I was at the Joe's Grotto for like a year and a half mixing fucking all kinds of yeah i think he moved over bands. to 44 after he closed huh but yeah just look that up there's that a lot a, of metal shows there that's one of the metal metal venues that picked up after club red uh died i'm a fucking old a man hiatus. now dude i like i have to really 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 be into the band to go because it's like I yeah just, uh, fucking my like, i don't like standing like, <laughs> for, like after 20 minutes my back hurts i'm old dude it's just, it's just like i want to go Bring a chair this sucks but if it's like within the ruins 
I'm literally almost crying. I'm so happy because of his riffs. I'm just like, oh my god, this is so cool. <laughs> like I, I fucking love yeah, that. Yeah, everybody's got those bands. Yeah, that's that's Black Dahlia murder for me. Whenever I go to a Black Dahlia show, it's just like You're so happy. Oh, right? It's so crazy. Yeah, dude. I love that band. It, it's weird that way that uh, music can make you feel like. Especially oh, yeah. that's where I'm going back to that live show thing. Like when you're at a show and they're just playing your favorite song and you just got that, you're just so happy. It's just like, this is so fucking awesome. <laughs> Love that yeah, shit. It's, it's way, it's, it's kind of weird. Like it almost kind of reminds me of like back in the day when I wasn't really listening to heavy metal. It was like listening to like Metallica and like Iron Maiden and stuff back in like early high school. And then one of my buddies in high school, like, or I think it was my brother first. He invited me out to a metal show. I think it was like Megadeth, but uh, Children of Bodom was there. So it was like kind of heavier stuff yeah. that was there. That's how you started discovering that. Yeah. Show. And that, that was like, and, and before he had showed me them like off of like MP3s or whatever, I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get this metal stuff, dude. It's just, they're just screaming yeah. in the microphone. It's just noise. I don't like it. And then I went to an actual metal show <laughs> and, you got and watched <laughs> them play the music and felt the music and was in a mosh pit. And dude, it's like totally changed my mind. Yeah. I was like, give me more metal. Fuck like yeah. I want all the metal now. <laughs> yep, and then you're in. That was it. Game yeah, over. That was it. And then I got really picky. And now I only like a few bands because I don't know. I'm a snob. Well, that's, a, that's what's <laughs> funny about people that are into metal is like they seem the they seem the most picky than out of any other group of people that are into music you know right. what i mean especially like there's certain metal people like if it's not metal it's not cool you know what i mean but then you have all these genres of metal and subgenres and genres within those subgenres and it's like yeah <laughs> it i've heard pretty... i've heard somebody say genres are dead yeah there are no genres anymore really not you just because you have to look at the band as an individual now yeah but, well i mean cuz a lot of these bands they just incorporate all the genres you know well nobody's shooting for a genre people are shooting to be different so it's not going to match a genre by accident yeah because like, they're trying to be different than everyone else yeah that was one of the problems we had with with arcanaut is describing the band to people who like i don't know what genre it is it's uh like can you mix pantera and lamb of god I don't know what to call that genre is it like groove metal or death metal or i don't know <laughs> and then like, like once you when then once you decide that you have to almost be locked into that it's almost better not to yeah yeah that's why we never really put a genre on our bio for the facebook or nothing or we said death metal but it's like people who don't know what heavy metal sounds like kind of know what death metal Even is death you metal know? is like a so, loose term for like the general public you know what i mean yeah that just shows that it you probably can't understand the lyrics on the first time <laughs> yeah, you hear yeah. it. <laughs> or, or read the logo. Yeah, yeah. Well, we picked a really simple logo. but You can actually see the font? Yeah, I drew it nice. myself. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I Usually. drew it myself before I managed the band. I drew it like three years before I even started managing them. Maybe like super metal to like be completely opposite and actually have a, a logo, logo you can read. Because I think it's hilarious, like half the logo, you can't even, that's actually one of the bits in my show. Yeah, is the yeah, sound guy's handed a call sheet and it's just a bunch of like, you know, black metal logos and he's just like, like he can't read hmm. like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like Geralt from The Witcher? Just, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Kind of actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so like, well, another problem we had was we had a CH in the name in Arcanaut. So constantly we'd have people like, 
announce us on stage or like thank oh thank all the bands thank Archonaut oh, and nice. everyone would always like read our shirts like oh Archonaut I've seen them yeah. like it's it's Archonaut yeah. <laughs> yeah. so we picked a we picked a name that like you cannot fuck it up like you cannot mispronounce it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's definitely easier but hopefully uh I know the music is solid it all comes down to marketing nowadays, though. Oh, for sure. Like you got to market yourself or it, else. It's all about marketing and business. If you don't have the business side down of that stuff, yeah. then it's like pointless. You're only doing it for fun at that point. You know what I mean? I even hate to say this. If you're not, if if you don't fucking just go like completely balls out and even quit your day job and go fucking balls out with it, you're probably not going to make it. You know what I mean? Like that's another issue I had when I was doing this is like, I always like balanced a di like a, like a normal life and a day job and all these other things when like all the bands that made it were the ones that just did that fucking constantly, you know? Cause there's right. no matter how hard you work, there's another band working just as hard. You know what I mean? Or yeah. harder. It's just kind of tough. I mean, with, you know, everything just getting more expensive constantly. Yeah, they sell drugs. It just, yeah, it just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to. Yeah, it's all drugs, bro. Just sell drugs. <laughs> Perfect. Why didn't I think of that, yeah, yeah. dude? <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, it's it's hard to balance, though. But, I mean, it if, if you really want to make it work, though, you got to put the hours in. It all comes down to how many hours you're really dumping into it. Definitely. Like, you can work 40 hours a week, sure. But if you're not putting, like, another 30 hours a week into what you want to really do, then that job is just going to overtake everything else. Yeah. You're just going to go to that 40-hour-a-week job. And I see that happen a lot of um, actors. Like, everyone's – not anymore, but everyone's goal used to be, like, to move to L.A., you know, because that's where everything's happening. So, good luck. And then um, – well, they would. <laughs> I'm talking about, like, you know, yeah, yeah, like back before the, all this bullshit. Back before the bullshit. <laughs> but they would move out there, and then, you know, it's so expensive to live out there. You have to get, like, two or three jobs sometimes, and then – they get lost in those jobs and forget about acting even, you know, and they, yeah. they forget why they even went out there and shit or they'll come right back. You know, it's like, it is, it's a very hard balance. Yeah. It's, I mean, doing this podcast is pretty easy because, you know, I'm keeping the format simple on purpose. Yeah. Just cause I'm trying to do work and school and you know, the band, I've, I've kind of put that off to the side for now. Cause I've got to buckle down on school before I graduate. Yeah. But, uh, you know, keeping the podcast format simple, and keeping everything as simple as possible, like editing and shit. I'm, I'm even going to stop doing the videos, like, so I don't even have to put up video. Like, I, know, I used to put it on YouTube. Like, for the first five episodes, I just put a still shot on YouTube just to publish it uh, to another website. I think I'm going to stop doing that. Cause, Why? Like, like, that's actually real. I was actually just telling my friend's podcast who has an audio only to do that because that's just a whole other world of views and, you know, potential people I could get into your podcast. Yeah, I mean, I have all the audio files still. So if I wanted to go back and publish them to YouTube later, I yeah. can. Um, but as of right now, I'm literally the only person producing it. And that's like another thing on the table for me right now. And I feel like most of the people that listen to my podcast are going through Spotify anyways. Yeah, yeah. So I can publish something straight to Spotify and Apple and Google. Are you using Libsyn or something? Um, I'm using Buzzsprout. Oh, Buzzsprout, okay. But um, I can I can easily just drop YouTube and it, like I only have like two or three views on YouTube over. Well, that's the thing is, 
YouTube, you're not going to get views until you're consistent for a very long time. Like I actually just experienced this with my own podcast as I had to take about a two week break from for shooting the sound guy. And just within that two week break, when I uploaded a video again, the views were like significantly lower because if you're not consistent, uh, YouTube will just throw you fucking off the algorithm and shit. But you also have to prove to them that you're consistent and that you're constantly putting stuff out. YouTube is a whole fucking game to tackle and stuff, but you right. can really get to a point where like you're monetizing your shit. Like, especially if you get a thousand uh, subscribers, like you can actually make money, you know, from the ads and all that stuff. Like we're actually monetized now and stuff. So yeah, it's, I know it's a, it's a pain in the ass, but like what you it's, just it's, put well, the video up, like fucking, I said, right, some right shit? now at the, at the current point in my <laughs> yeah. life, it's a lot to tackle. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like you're just explaining how it's a, it's an entire yeah, yeah, thing it to is, learn. Yeah. So I can't take the time to do that no, right that. now. So I think I'm going to drop YouTube for like, until I'm at least like out of school and heavily well, into my internship. I'll and tell you I what, can... when you do get back into it, let me know because I, I'll show you how to fucking maximize the shit out of that. Like um, just to keep traffic on there and like uh, encourage people not to leave and stuff like that. Because with my podcast, I spent the last couple of years just um studying like the youtube algorithm how to use keywords how to fucking make bomb thumbnails and titles and all that bullshit it's all a game dude yeah i've noticed yours looks really polished yeah like your page looks really polished but if you if, if you if you go back to the beginning i mean it was dog shit you pretty know, rough that's like yeah it evolved <laughs> like uh, the first episode dude i didn't even know how to fucking video or edit video and um i think the first uh episode maybe in the first couple the the uh, audios off of the video. I didn't know how to sync it. Like I was doing it all manually and shit. Like that first episode took me like 10 hours to edit. Cause I never edited any video or anything in my life. And I, right. and I'd actually given my podcast to a guy who was supposed to edit it. And he sat on it for two weeks. And I was like, fuck this shit. I just grabbed it back. And I was like, I'm just gonna have to learn this. And that's all I've been doing the last like two years is just yeah. learning premiere and editing video. Cause it is a lot of work editing the, um, uh, the video. Honestly, the way I want to do it. Unless you do a single cam. That's what I want to. Well, if you do one single cam, you can literally just upload the audio and the video and it'll sync it all together perfectly. See, you know my, I mean? my ultimate goal for this is it's not original by any means, but I want to have somebody switching cameras live so I don't have to do the, post. Yeah. That's so fun too, but I have somebody switching live. But that and thing then, costs like if you want a decent one, the TriCaster, that's like two or three grand. Like I want to get one of those. There's options. Too. There's other options. Yeah, you don't I guess have you use to. OBS or something. Yeah, like that, that's what I'm saying. I'm gonna yeah. use OBS and just switch camera. Yes. If I'm only using two cameras or maybe three, if I want to yeah. get a room shot. But you're right. But, yeah, you could do that, and then it's creating the edits as you're going. That's like. Kind of like Joe Rogan. I don't know if you ever watched Joe Rogan. That's exactly why I said it's yeah, not Jamie, original. Jamie does it. Well, <laughs> Jamie, you Jamie, probably know this. It. He does. I need a fucking Jamie. <laughs> he's known as like the best one-handed Googler in the world because he's doing that with his hand. Yeah. And then he's Googling. Yeah, I, I don't it. need anyone to Google anything, though. Like, I'm talking about Oh, you need someone stories. to check your facts, dude. No, I don't I'm give kidding. a shit about those <laughs> know, facts. I, I don't have any facts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, I know. But so I just need someone to switch the camera. I don't give a shit. I'm I'm actually going to encourage them not to watch a computer screen while they're doing this <laughs> so yeah. that they're not distracted. Yeah. But I just need someone to switch the cameras and we don't have to like, you know, edit and post and I don't have to spend 10 hours to get an episode ready. If I was ever going to do video, it would just be one one take just slap an intro and an outro. And I have to tell you how bad it sucks editing a video podcast. I don't want to edit like, anything. <laughs> so like I'll edit like the from when like because I have a co-host from when we talk to yeah. when the guest talks, 
and it's so boring because you're just literally cutting back and forth but then on top of that listening to a conversation you already had and you just hear how fucking dumb you sound like you know what i mean i'm just like man i fucking sound like an idiot right here like i hate listening to myself back it's right you just want to cut it up like a tutorial video but like, the nice part about it is like oh i'm picking my nose right there oh i'm gonna cut to the other guy on that part yeah <laughs> make myself look a little better yeah for sure <laughs> yeah but yeah it's it's gonna be a little wait until I get that settled though. I don't, I don't even have any cameras or anything. No, I know. So. It's, yeah, it's a whole other thing, dude. It's gonna be, get there, take bro. a little bit to to actually. Get us you know what? Just stick with the audio. It's so much easier just to do that. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm definitely gonna have like at least thirty or forty episodes before before I get into video. Yeah. This is actually just episode number seven, so oh, this is it? like okay. super Sweet. new. Hell yeah. But yeah, I'm just trying stuff out. Well, actually, me and my buddy tried to start one like before this one called the Kevin and Spencer show. And, uh, we were trying to do like almost like political talk show where we were kind of bringing up like political issues and just talking shit about politicians and just trying to make it funny. But, uh, you know, it it got too much for, for both of us. Just the fact that like the travel getting to his house, like he lived pretty far away from me at the time. So it was like a 30-minute drive there, 30-minute drive back. And then we had to, like, do a bunch of research beforehand to make sure we weren't fucking anything up. And, like, there's a lot of pre-production involved. And, like, the camera angles looked all weird because we only had one webcam. And How many episodes did you do? We did four four episodes. And you're like, fuck but, this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. He kind of he dropped back on it because we kept switching our idea. I wanted to eventually switch it towards, like, getting people from uh well it was kind of the uh, like what i'm doing with this one where i was getting people from the audio industry and music industry to come on and i love that and talk and uh he was like well i wanted to keep it political so i don't know if i can do this like i wanted to focus on political stuff and i was like okay well i actually like doing this stuff to get away from that you know what i mean like i I, I, me and my co-host will talk about politics once in a while but i i like it to be a, a few hours just to fucking unplug from the world and just talk about like comics or fucking aliens or you know like we smoke weed on there and shit you yeah know? for so sure it's just like we could do that here yeah i don't think the school would like <laughs> it very much but that yeah that would that'd be interesting that'd but, be a fun um, conversation i have to tell you though is uh <laughs> you, you'll get these feelings of like you know giving up because you feel like no one's ever listening and stuff but you have to fight through that because those are the podcasts that succeed is like, I'm telling you every podcast gives up about 40 episodes in cause they feel like no one's listening to you. Cause no one is going to at first, you have to just keep doing it. But I swear to God, by about a hundred episodes in 150, you'll, there'll be like a little turn. You got some clout point, and you'll see, yeah. And you'll you see like, clout. you got some weight behind you. Yeah. You'll see it, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you, you'll see that. You'll see yeah. that happening. And I, I learned that from other people who told me like, just fucking stay consistent and just don't give up. If this is like what you want to do, you know? So I could see this fucking doing really well, man, because that's a great idea. I actually know a lot of fucking badass motherfuckers that. Hey, man, if you have any people here. with some good stories, send Definitely. them my way. I think you should get the boom operator on. From, yeah, that'd be uh, cool. If you want to talk about like audio production from just yeah, a film for sure. set, you know. Anything audio works for me. I'll talk about anything else, though, too. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. But, um, shit, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, it's all good. I do that constantly, dude. Uh, yeah. On our but, um, podcast. <laughs> So, uh, for, for, um, like those feelings you were talking about of like giving up after, cause no one's listening, like the way I'm come like combating that right now is just keeping it like, like, um, it's like more of a personal goal. Like I'm doing this for myself. 
to record my my stories and other people's stories and like you know i just want to get people on this podcast so i can get their stories recorded that's and then even I can get better dude out. and yeah. then i don't care who listens or who doesn't that's, dude, that's, that's not actually, my goal that is care. actually um the best attitude to have that's actually the attitude i had you know what i mean but i just put that extra effort into it too you know because because the our worst enemy is just marketing and people not knowing about it that'll be your worst right. enemy too is just people not knowing about it is because like you know unless you have like this fucking crazy marketing budget it's either word of mouth or from your guests, you know what yeah. I mean? And then I'm telling people and stuff like that. But as long as that's a fucking perfect attitude to have, because most people, they just want to get famous or they just want to, you know, they just want attention. So that's what the, that's where those like feelings come in. So you're already fucking ahead of the game with that, dude. I love that. Oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah. I just like, you know, I, I, I can tell like giving up is probably pretty easy. Like, especially if you're going for listens. Yeah. You're like, oh, no, man, totally, totally. I posted this episode a month ago and still only four people listen to it. Like, I don't care. Like, but don't he, listen to Yeah, it. but sometimes Whatever. it's like, <laughs> like, it's just like all the, it's uh, the effort, like, especially if you get into the video editing, yeah, like, yeah, it would take yeah. me like three or four hours to edit and all this shit, and then I put it up, and it's got like four views. Yeah, you want some like, sort of return. Fuck, that sucks. Yeah, you want <laughs> you know some I mean? sort like, of return Yeah, I did learn shit yeah. from this. Yeah, the podcast was fun. The editing sucked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uploading it and all that sucked. Yeah. You, you just kind of like... Um, it's just a good feeling, I guess, when you like other people are able to like appreciate it, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. man. It, well, making the effort minimal for myself by just having two mics, yeah. an interface, a laptop, Fuck yeah. and keeping the setup really simple, like that makes it easier for me to just blow off the lack of views. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, cause it only took me what, 20 minutes to set this up and like an hour and a half to record and then 20 minutes to break down those two hours. And I might spend an hour on editing. So out of three hours per episode, I think that's pretty easy. Yeah, to that's do. good. Yeah, like just do that every once in a while. I've been trying to do it weekly, but you know, school got busy, kind of screwed that formula up. But um, I'm gonna get try to try to get back into doing it at least once a week, like on the weekends. And um, and then hopefully what, I can build up a. a nice set of episodes before i jump into any monetizing or anything like that yeah you'll get there and then as every episode you do is only going to get better you know yeah yeah i hope so as far I as mean, the quality of the conversation oh the like, first one was pretty bad <laughs> oh dude Seven i used to get fucking ago. lit like our first 40 <laughs> episodes dude i i get hammered dude and nice. i'm like I, it's embarrassing <laughs> even watching going back all the dumb shit i say and I mean, you could totally cancel me. I'm sure you could find something if you wanted to. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. There's all kinds of crazy wild That's shit another on reason there. I don't really give a shit about YouTube. I feel like if I say the wrong things, I'm going to lose so, that episode anyways. Okay. So you are completely right about that. YouTube, the strikes that they're giving out to people and how anal they are as far as like when you're uploading videos, I'm sure you know, is just they ask all those questions as far as like, you know, what you're talking about. Is there, you know, drug use? Is there violence? Yeah. So for example... The very last shot of our entire podcast, it's like five seconds. It's just a, a video of my dog, and I have a prop gun that I go up like this, and I go bang, and he falls over and plays dead, and just, yeah. it just says, Anobit One Studios production. Fucking YouTube started flagging that because it's a real gun <laughs> for violence. So like, I'll, I'll, like there's like 20 <laughs> videos that got um, demonetized. Nice. I'm like, what the fuck? So I redid it and just used my hand instead, you know, and yeah. apparently that's fine, you know. So <laughs> it's totally different. <laughs> we're actually um, focusing on moving to Patreon. So Patreon, we have like 
people that pay monthly, you know what I mean? For just exclusive content that right. you can't get anywhere else. That's, that's and that's where to go is. because then it's just like, they know what they're getting as far as like the way we talk, we're uncensored. We don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? So, and, um, Patreon's not gonna, you know, um, censor you like YouTube does. YouTube fucking sucks now, dude, as far as that shit it is lame. Yeah. That's, that's one thing I'm trying to stay away from is having to like be worried about censoring what i'm saying like i'm just trying to talk and have a conversation yeah totally and you know if i talk about drugs or talk about violence or, or talk about covid or whatever like then then they're gonna like demonetize the video like that kind of i it's don't know that makes me not even want to try yeah. like for youtube because it could be any little thing and if i'm not careful which i don't want to be then they're gonna like take the income away yeah. And it's like, well, it's one of the reasons why Rogan moved to Spotify, even yeah. though they tried doing the same bullshit to him. Absolutely. Employees, but um, <laughs> he said after they moved, they monetized all of his videos again. Yeah. They like brought them all back up to yeah. try to get him back. <laughs> oh, YouTube did? <laughs> yeah. And they they monetized all their video, all of his oh, videos again. Yeah. Wow. They brought them back up. Like, Holy shit. yeah. He, he said that was hey, pretty he's funny. Making them a big chunk it's still of money. A drop dude. in the bucket compared to what he's making now. But yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of the format I'm I'm going after though. It's just just that the Joe Rogan format. Yeah, that's the just super same format. Me too. I I was trying to follow even as far as like the gear and equipment we got. Like I got I use the same microphones that he uses, the same cameras, nice, all that nice. shit. Um, yeah, seven Bs. What's that? Yeah, yeah. Those, those are, are cool. the best. Just podcast mic, ever, dude. Just it, yeah. it just you don't have to do any mixing, any cueing, or anything. It just picks up really good, strong quality. You know. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, talking, I guess I was gonna say vocals, but it's more just dialogue, dialogue, yeah. yeah. But I mean, these mics are pretty good for me. I just, I honestly just like them because they look cool. Yeah, it don't, honestly, and, it doesn't uh, matter. You yeah, just use with, a fucking with, 58, <laughs> if you know what I mean. With, with dialogue, it's dialogue. I yeah. mean, if you can get, make it clear and understandable, it doesn't matter what mic you use. Yeah, I started a, a podcast where I'll take a, um, my Zoom. And I'll take a camera, like say we're doing it here, yeah, and then just use a fucking fifty-eight, you know, hmm. for it. So it doesn't sound bad. Do you just plug XLR into it? Yeah, just an XLR into like those. Uh, what is it called? A Zoom H six. Yeah, yeah, they and, have uh, the different models. Yeah, yeah. and then I've, uh, I've got one. Yeah, those are pretty dope. And I'll just like do like a mobile. I just started it, like a, doing a mobile podcast, hmm. just to okay. get out of the house more. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, eventually I want to take this one mobile. I want to be able to like, you know, travel over to Texas or something if yeah. there's somebody that wants to do a podcast. So just pack up my my little ass duffel bag here and just throw it in my truck, drive off. Yeah. And That's like I don't awesome. I don't need much. Dude, you could do a podcast while you're driving. Have yeah. you ever seen that one? <laughs> that was what people do in their car and shit? Yeah. I don't know how the audio would be on that one, but you know, I hate listening to annoying audio. I know. Like, There's I can't nothing do it. worse. I'll than turn that. it off if I can't understand them. I'll just be Yeah, not that's trying. how it is like in uh like actually any video or film is just if the the audio is jarring it's just it's unwatchable dude there's this podcast my friend turned me on to a while back it's called who are these podcasts <laughs> and dude it's it they just pick podcasts like weekly and they just tear them apart they just critique oh. them like as hard as they can and it's just pretty genius it's actually hilarious dude it's so hopefully don't ever I, go on there <laughs> i can't wait to be on there like i want to be on there dude i want them to rip rip this podcast apart it'd be great <laughs> Just submit to him. Just send him a fucking... Yeah. Anonymously. Yeah. Hey, check out this asshole. No, as yourself. They're like, hey, <laughs> can you please rip on me? Yeah, I could. I could throw him, There's, um, throw him a bone. Uh, some local filmmakers I know, they <laughs> did a film called uh, Pocket Man and Cargo Boy. 
part one and part two. Yeah. And there's a YouTube channel called Good Bad or Bad Bad. And they just watch movies and there's this like, is this a good bad movie or is this a bad bad? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And they just completely tear apart this part one and part two is like, you know, bad, bad. And the filmmakers send the movies to them to get ripped on. To the point where, like, now they actually paid the guys from the YouTube channel to come on as extras in the third film. So the guys that ripped on the first two are now actually in the third film. That's funny. <laughs> they probably gave them a lot of publicity. Oh, yeah. They, it's a, it's they a pretty, probably threw a lot of audience a, their way. That's why maybe, they're in the third yeah, movie. Yeah, it is a pretty big channel. They're like, damn, you guys, like, showed us, a, like, gave us a lot of viewers. And like, there is, like, a market for, movie? like, <laughs> shitty movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's the podcasts that go on that podcast and because they were on, who are these podcasts? They now have like hundreds of viewers, more, yeah. like hundreds of more viewers, you know, because they were advertised as like, oh, this shitty podcast of the week or whatever. Yeah. You know? But, uh, there, there's some audio quality in some of those that are just like embarrassing. It's like they recorded it on like, a, oh God, like an imagine. iPod, like headset or something <laughs> you know some horrible microphone like oh i could imagine it's just like jesus christ <laughs> yeah. it's just so bad like how do you publish this how do you like they did obviously didn't listen back to it or they just don't care and like oh good enough yeah some people just but, you know they give no fucks yeah i don't know man i i listen to stuff and i don't know even before audio school i was like Shh, this sounds bad like some of it's just like garbage, podcasts or just uh Hmm? Just podcasts? Or? Oh yeah, there's there's pod there's a lot of podcasts out there, and like a not a lot of them know what they're doing as far as recording audio. Yeah, that's very important. Is um yeah, you know you could have shitty video with um good audio, but you can't have a good video with shitty audio. You know well, what I mean? Yeah, the thing is like your your ears are are a lot more sensitive than your eyeballs. I feel like. You know, so if anything sounds off, you're going to immediately, like, hear it. Whereas, like, if something looks off, you can just look somewhere else and ignore it. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to watch. Yeah. You, you, can, you can't stop hearing, yeah, though. That's true, yeah. So you're going to hear every little thing that's wrong. But so, like, in, like, movies and stuff, you know, if, if the footsteps don't match up to somebody oh, for walking. Sure. That drives me nuts. Everyone can see that. Yeah. You don't have to be trained. To see that you know sound production and uh film is very 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 important to me um it's the it's what makes it real it's not just like recording the dialogue on set and mixing that but like you know it's the score it's the foley i actually was obsessed with foley yeah, i wanted to do that important i, so I important. wanted to be that like that that nerd in a room with a bunch of weird objects and just like Dude, we, making we, had, sounds. we had a foley course here oh yeah i've like, done we, that shit we had a, a they gave us a mandalorian clip yeah, like I did that clip. with Iron Man. Yeah, the same thing. It's yeah. fun, isn't they, it? Like re replaced all the, yeah. all the sounds. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is fun though. We had we had some people have to do the like a scene where they like voiced these alien creatures, and like we pitched it down really far yeah. and like made them all sound weird. Yeah, it's so <laughs> like, fun. <laughs> it was pretty good. But yeah, like so the overall mix of the dialogue, the score, the foley. Um, I guess what else would there be? Usually like room tone. Yeah. They'll, they'll, have like, like the, they'll just like after like you, you, you know, before you move on to the next setup, once you shoot your scene is the boom operator just fucking, all right guys, everyone shut the fuck up for like a minute and just records the room tone. So you have something, 
Yeah, you have to have something way, to throw you know? back there. Because there's nothing worse when you watch something and then when it cuts from actor to actor and the, the audio is jarring. It's you know? too quiet yeah, for it's like, that little, little spot. Yeah. You can almost hear the fade in. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, that shit's important. And, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, uh, way to do it nowadays is uh, ADR, which, you know, the actors will come oh, yeah. back in and re-record the It's like 90% of most, most professional movies. productions. Yeah, all the bigger productions. It's like all like ADR. Yeah. Especially if it's with an uh, IMAX camera, because those cameras are so loud on set that you, everything oh, wow, really? everything has to be redone. All it's all crazy. Why are they stuff. so loud? Just ca- like fans? I, I maybe they're just so big. It's like uh, you know one of the biggest cameras in the world, and um, I don't know. They're just apparently they're just really fucking loud. Huh? It must be a fan thing, like yeah, the probably. heat up or something. Probably. There's like a lot of processing goes into that. I'm sure. Yeah. Like what? What resolution do those shoot in? <laughs> That's a great question. I actually, like when 4K. I first got into acting, I I worked on as an extra on this set that um, was shooting this documentary with an IMAX, and there's only three IMAX cameras in the world. And this project that I worked on was not only shooting in IMAX, but they were shooting in 3D. And it was the very last time IMAX was ever going to use film. From that on, from then on, it was only digital. Oh, wow. And I got to fucking talk with the uh, the uh, director of photography about that. I was just nerding out on this camera. I was like, "This is so fucking cool!" And he opened it up, and it had two reels: one for the left eye, one for the right eye. Oh my god! And um, he was telling me how like literally after this set he was flying straight to i think it was like poland or something because he was working on the set of dunkirk with christopher nolan who uses imax oh, cameras okay. and so i'm like you're going to fucking christopher nolan set after that was this a cool like, movie too. so sick what's that that's a cool movie Fuck too. yeah christopher nolan's like my god dude i love that guy dude, more than yeah. anything i think he's, he's the baddest motherfucker ever one of my favorite movies of all time i think is the prestige I fucking love that movie. Have you ever seen it? I haven't. I'll oh, dude, go you back gotta and watch that fucking tonight. Yeah, it's on my list actually. Dude, it's, I'm it's telling on you, bro. On, on I guarantee you, is, when you know. watch it, you're gonna watch it again immediately. It's, it's got a good. who? Who's in that one? Um, Kristen Bell, Hugh Jackman, Scarlett Johansson. Um, those are like probably the bigger actors in it. Oh, a bunch of superheroes. But they put in like act- so. This is the <laughs> genius thing about Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Is he shoots Batman Begins, and then before Dark Knight, he does Prestige, then he does The Dark Knight, then he does Inception, and then he does Dark Knight Rises. So in between all the Batman movies, he's God just damn. fucking pumping gems. That's he, dude. He is so badass. I wonder dude. if that's why they were so different, like from movie to movie. What? Because he was doing a movie in between them, the Dark Knight series. Maybe. Yeah. They were like so jarringly different. Oh yeah, like for sure. The first to the second to the well, third. Well, the first to the second is because, like. The studio's taking a gamble at first, so they're only going to give them so much of a budget. And yeah, like, I guess Holy that's shit, true. this blew up. Here you yeah. go. You can do whatever you want now. <laughs> wow, Christian know? Bale is Batman. Because like, that, that, that put him on the map, you know what I mean? Right. As far as Christopher Nolan. So, that movie's so badass when it first came out. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I didn't expect it. Like, I, I was thinking Batman, like, you know, Mr. Freeze. Oh yeah, the fucking um, like... uh, Joel Schumacher bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> that was just to sell toys, dude. That's all <laughs> yeah. marketing to sell toys. Yeah, the whole I mean, movie. most of it is. That's what. Almost... I, that's exactly what it is. The, the, I feel like that's the only reason Dark Knight got so popular is because it wasn't marketed to kids. Like it wasn't. It's like, for us who grew up on Batman yeah. as kids and we're adults now, and it's like, all right, here's something for you guys. You know. See, I, I feel like. If they if they did do it towards kids though, they would have made more money. 
but it wouldn't have been such a legendary it been film. Either. No, fuck no. Like, so, so you like, can't really do Batman the right way for kids. No. Like, if you, because just the kind of character that he's he violent. Is. Exactly. He beats you know the shit mean? out of people. So that's why they have Marvel, dude. The Marvel would be all for the kids and all that, you know? Yep. Unfortunately, because Marvel is like really dark in the comics. I know. And the movies can't do it like that. <laughs> I know. They're kind of like in this box now. Where like I like how can't... Netflix had it for a while. Oh, yeah. Like dude, the, the Daredevil and the Daredevil. Punisher. Yeah. Dude, those shows are nuts. Yeah. So I brutal. love some of the, uh, uh, they do like this one take on the Punisher, which is like one take all the way through this fight scene. It's one of the baddest shots ever. It just oh, blows yeah. me away. Yeah. It, unfortunately, though, like knowing what I know about post-production and sound, I can't ignore the fact that the Foley and all those Marvel films or, or those Marvel series and Netflix, like the Foley is pretty bad. Is it? It's just dramatic, like way dramatic. Yeah. Like. You know, he he throws a stick across the room and it'll hit somebody and just go ding. It's just like, well, do you hit him with a frying pan? You know, like the thing is though, we're the only kind of people that notice that stuff because we're like, in it. Like you're because average I'm Joe, listening. like yeah, because like I, I I pick up these things constantly, but then I'll I'll be watching with my girlfriend. She's like, fuck, I didn't even notice that. You know, yeah. whether it's audio or video or you know some type of continuity error. You know, yeah, my my girlfriend mentions that all the time. She's like, god damn it. Since you've been to school, like I can't, I can't unhear these things <laughs> yeah. anymore. Like I notice it all the time. That's how it is watching films with my girlfriend. She says the same thing. Yeah, she'll She's... she'll point some stuff out in the sound. Like, wow, that sound is bad. <laughs> and I'll just look over. Like, Good yes, job, it like, <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. Like you know a little more now. Yeah. Like it's hard for me to enjoy television shows and movies because. I just think about like how they shot it or like what it took, you know, I'm just analyzing all this shit. And then mm -hmm. now I find my girlfriend doing the same kinds of things. She's like, you fucking ruined movies for me now. Cause I'm always yeah. looking at the extras on the background, seeing what they're doing and yeah, shit like dude. that. Movies fascinate me. Like the, the amount of effort and like the, all the different pieces that go into it. Oh my God. It's just so crazy. Cause like I, I would watch, or I should say it started in high school when I took an a English course and it was like advanced English or something. And the teacher destroyed us. She she brought it like way past the college level and just totally wrecked my life. And I can't read books or see any sort of art or writing any the same way ever again. Like I overanalyze it all the time now. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. Like I look for all the all like the reason for the plot and the yeah. character names and like what they said. Like I'm always super analyzing it and you know, it's like good and a, bad. You know, sometimes you just feel like you could be the person that's out of tune with that and just watch it for what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's hard to do that nowadays. Totally. Like I, I analyze too much. Then I took like a film course at GCC, like a community college, and man, like that made it worse. Now I'm looking at like film aspects and like the visual. So I'm looking at the writing and the visual. Yeah. And now I just went to sound school. Like I'm in sound school, so now I'm looking at all three different things, and it's like, uh, like. I might as well just be in film, like yeah. <laughs> at some point. Yeah. But like, just it, it's fascinating though, seeing all those parts fit together and like, how real can you make it? There's that's so the many fucking moving parts on that shit. It's unreal. Like, it blows my mind too that like that many people came together to make one cohesive piece of art. You know? Yeah. And like looking back now, like movies I, I thought were badass when I was younger, like uh, like The Matrix and stuff. Like, 
how did how the hell did they do the matrix like even looking at the behind the scenes for the matrix that was like revolutionary looking, yeah looking at all out, the dude. equipment they used like those hundreds of cameras to get so those it's not even that angles. how they did it it's how they thought of to even do that i know like, like in the pre-production like I, that blows my mind like they were so fucking far ahead of their time thinking of that shit you yeah know? someone's like i got an idea like let's put a hundred or two hundred cameras in a circle and they'll all take a picture for each frame. So what, what I'm wondering <laughs> is, is did the Wachowskis, did they have the, that shot in their head already? They're like, okay, this is what happens. And then they had the storyboards. And then they found a the team to, 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 to make that a reality. Like, uh, that's the only way, that way I can think likely. of it. That sounds likely. Unless... And then, like, they got some badass motherfucking camera guys and programmers and all that bullshit, and they figured it out. And then while they're doing it, they're like, holy shit, this is badass. I, 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 <laughs> did they have, like, a camera for each frame? And they just did a frame by frame. Yeah, isn't it, like you said, it's like a, it's a bunch yeah, of a like, circle, and then he yeah, bends and they like, over like that. Yeah. And, that's how the, and then that revolutionized movies, music videos. Like every music video does that now, where the camera goes around the person like that yeah. and shit. And so, but that's that was literally the first totally time nuts. that happened. It, it seems more likely that they had an idea of the shot rather than an engineer coming up and saying like, "Hey, we can do this cool thing." Yeah, or they had the shot, and then like you know maybe the engineers were coming up with something like that. And they're like, "Holy shit! Like we found these motherfuckers that are kind of doing this and." I wonder if they tried it a different way and failed first. Probably. If they like oh, tried yeah. to put a camera oh, on a sure. rail and There's like tried many... to move it in on like on a gimbal or something and it just doesn't look right. They're like, no, we need it. We need it weirder. makes me want to search that test footage now. <laughs> Probably out we there. We need it more weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was such a cool shot. Yeah, there's a lot of movies that do some crazy shit. It, it blew me away when I realized that 300 was filmed entirely on a green screen yeah <laughs> i was like wait they weren't actually outside like they did some revolutionary shit on that yeah too. they there's cgi'd a, all the muscles on the people yeah. like <laughs> there's a running shot that they do where they actually so like say everyone's just running down this way they have a um camera on a dolly following but it's three different cameras filming at the same time so i don't know if you know that one shot when it like goes in and then out and then back in and out again like that had never been done and so that was right. like a revolutionary thing right from that movie too and everyone starts doing that shit now yeah so that's pretty crazy i like christopher nolan's the same way that like, he's revolutionized a lot of the shots and camera angles and what happens is is you get these really bold ambitious ideas and then when you figure out how to do that stuff all these new camera rigs are built and all these new like you know set equipment's built so people are able to recreate all of this stuff so and the game's constantly changing you know oh yeah i'm sure everyone's got to have the next cool thing the next cool technique or idea yeah something that makes their movie different than the rest than the rest of the movies not just that but like you know you really do try to tell the story with like the camera you know so like i know the sound guys is a silly dark stoner comedy but like you know there's different ways to you know tell tell the story like showing disconnection from characters connection from characters like say for example like we're talking and you know if we start off and we're being friendly you know we probably want to put the camera and have my shoulder in it so it shows that we're connected but if we start fighting i'm gonna start cutting and bringing the camera in closer to you and even more on your face you know what i mean to show that like tension your world's like closing in on you and shit like that so mm. um i just i'm obsessed with that stuff like telling a story with visuals in the camera you know i just fucking love that yeah, and in the meantime can... like you said just they're constantly inventing new ways and have you fucking watched squid games on Netflix? i haven't i haven't that's i know everyone i know that's the bandwagon and you, you probably don't yeah, want to hop on it i steer it's away awesome, from bro. those but it's at a certain point you. at a certain point i have to like actually like i hear what people say yeah so it's, it's awesome. like well 
like they're not saying anything I don't like. I'll tell you why you know? because um it's it's Korean and you know I'm I actually love foreign films even compared to uh, American because American films are kind of like the culture stuck is in this box you know what I mean and the formulas are the same. They don't give a fuck and they're just like. It's just so wild and out there. And this show is a great representation of like, I don't know if you've ever seen like Battle Royale or just any of those like fucking crazy co uh, Korean movies from like the early 2000s no, stuff. I I'm not it's just, super it's, into Korean It's movies. wild, dude. Also, I'll, I'll give you a bunch. I don't know if you're into foreign films or not, but these movies, you'll just be like watching them. You'll be like, how the fuck did anyone think of this? Yeah, dude, send me some links. Yeah. I know the Koreans are wild with their movies. That's for sure. Battle Royale is one of them, dude. I've seen a couple zombie movies. I don't really remember them, but there was one about like, temperature changes in a building when it got so hot people would turn into zombies and like so they had to stay in like a freezer and like hide out and like <laughs> it was like a nuts like crazy fucking movie yeah but uh that's kind yeah. of how squid games is you're like how did someone think of this you know <laughs> like even if like, like when they're pitching it like I, I just the pitch would even seem weird like what the fuck i feel like the massive amount of anime over the years have helped with that totally yeah. it just totally opens up creativity they're totally, like so yeah. embracing of like comics and like anime that kind of culture yeah, like manga are, yeah. that writers can sketch out any story they want and it gets printed in black and white with like line work yeah. they don't need colors they don't need shades like so you have like fucking millions and millions of these stories that, and you know so it's all like crazy out there so i can't imagine like people looking for movie ideas they could just pick up some mangas and like <laughs> talk to the writer like, yeah. hey, <laughs> I want to make this a movie. <laughs> like, was Squid Game a manga? What's that? Was Squid Games a manga? I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, or was it just straight to film? No, I think it was just uh, the guy, from what I read, the guy had wrote the scripts and sat on it for like 10 years. Huh. And then, like, he made a bunch of other projects. And then finally, it's like one of those things he's finally able to get it made and shit. But it's just fucking ultra violent crazy it actually cracks me up because um there's this comedian mark norman he tweeted something funny it said just a few months ago we're being told like you know no asian hate you know what i mean no violence towards asians and this show is literally you're just watching asians getting slaughtered it's crazy dude <laughs> it's like what the fuck this is our world it's, it's like, okay though it's they're, like a... they're not chinese so <laughs> yeah yeah i guess yeah just korean I yeah. mean, oh well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm no, kidding. no Chinese hate, I guess, right? Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, oh well. But these, like th those kinds of movies, like I can't imagine where they, like where the culture, kind of takes a turn, you know? Because like you see all the American movies, and it's all like very, like you said, it all fits into a formula, and it's all like American culture, pretty much, mm -hmm. like. How is Korean culture affecting these movies? You know, like, what is it about it that makes their movie so crazy? Like, I think it's, like, the manga and stuff, but... No, you're like, probably are, right, yeah. Like, I wonder that's if like, it's, like, the, the school or, like, the social settings. And like, like, I wonder. Like, I've never been there, so I don't know. It'd and it's weird, too, because you, the United States is, like, the hub for, like, entertainment and movies. So they are inspired and watch our stuff. But they do have that certain like other influence. Probably it probably is the manga that you're talking about. Just uh, the inspires them to just write that crazy, wild, mostly violent shit. You know, I feel like they're like more free to be creative. Like people shut down less. 
you know, in America, if you try to like post something ultraviolet or ultraviolent and like out there like that, like it's not going to pick up much traction. That's a, a a major point because their their production companies are probably more open to those ideas. We're out here. Like Warner Brothers will fucking take your movie, and if they don't like it, completely take it from the director and re-edit it and make it a completely different movie. Oh, yeah. A great example of that is uh, the original Suicide Squad from David Ayer. Oh yeah, that guy fucking put his heart and fucking soul into this movie for about two and a half, three years, and then because I think it was like uh, Justice League or one of those movies bombed. They wanted to give it a lighter tone. So they re-fucking edited that entire movie, made Will Smith the main character, which he was never supposed to be. They, so they put him in the beginning. They added all this crazy like rock music. And it, they completely took it out of his hands. You know what I mean? I couldn't imagine that as like a, an artist. You know what I mean? You put your heart and soul into something, and then they completely re- redo it. They're actually trying to... There's a hashtag, release the air cut, because there's like 16 more minutes of the Joker. I mean, that movie was complete dog shit. You yeah, know? but I still don't want to see the director's vision of that. Yeah, that's it's kind of kind of disgusting how often that happens. Constantly, I see, I see stories like that all the time. Constantly, like uh, constantly, everyone's constantly fighting with the studio, you know, or like making some type of compromise just to get your vision. You know, yeah. just let the fucking guy make it however yeah, that, he wants. That actually happened with uh, um, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, the M Night one, or no? There's a they were going to make another cartoon. Netflix was going to make a, a live action, another live action series that kind of like follows. I, I don't know if it was going to be a sequel or like uh, a parallel or just straight up rewriting it. But um, they were going to have the original writers of the of the show from Nickelodeon come onto Netflix and write a live action. And um, they ended up quitting. They quit and developed their own studio because of all that, yeah. because of all the the politics like, conflict they had yeah. with, with creativity they they said that they were like changing the the ages of the characters they're having romantic interests that were never there in the cartoon there's and, a lot of agendas also yeah like that's uh other thing about like squid games these are korean mo- f- movies and shows is that they don't have an agenda that they're trying to push on you as far as yeah. like some type of like they're not going to get blacklisted for killing off asians like yeah <laughs> but there's not there's also not going to like you know they're not going to like, I hate to say this, but they're not going to like just push a gay character on you just for the sake of having a gay character. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that right, happens right. a lot. Like they just, yeah, absolutely. in America, like every TV show. Yeah. They just, every they just TV do show. it just to have, and even like gay people that I know are like, this is bullshit. They're just doing, they're just selling yeah. it. Like, like they're using it as like a marketing ploy to wash the shit. And so yeah. the, the, a lot of those, the, the Korean, those foreign films, they don't abide to that shit, you know? And nowadays, it's not even just a gay character. There's always a gay couple now. Couple, yeah. It's always a gay With couple kids. now. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just... It's just agendas, know. man. It, it's... Uh, I mean, it, it's all about money, really. If if you have enough people mad at you, they're not going to give you money. And, like, that's what all those, these, like, places are worried about. That's uh, what I'm trying to do with the sound guy, man, is just, like make something true that's like, cause we obviously we don't have a studio backing right now. So like we're just making some stuff that we think is fucking hilarious. A lot of people are, are probably going to be offended by it. You know what I mean? Cause it's like some of that old school humor and stuff like that. But I feel like comedy 
I feel like there's no good like real comedy movies lately. Like there's been like back in like the super bad days or when like old school was coming out or just like all those just dumb stupid like fucking clerks or any clerks of those. Like when of like <laughs> what was like like last good like comedy? There's some good comedy shows, you know, like the Danny McBride shit. Like I love the stuff he does, oh, yeah. like Righteous Gemstones and fucking uh, Vice Principals. And you see Eastbound and Eastbound Down. And Down's classic. Oh, my God. oh yeah, like I love that guy. <laughs> That's a huge inspiration on the sound guy for sure. Uh, but I want to try to bring that kind of humor back. I feel like everyone's just so goddamn offensive by everything, uh, offended by everything nowadays. Yeah. You know and. Um, Comedy's dying. It is. <laughs> I'm on the fucking stand-up side, man. I love, I'm obsessed with stand-up comedy. I love watching stand-ups, and um, they're on the front lines of this right now, dude. He's great yep. examples. Dave Chappelle. They're next. They're I don't next, know, man. man. <laughs> Netflix finally doubled down, man. There was all those people that were going to walk out on Netflix because of the yeah, and they said go ahead, and Netflix was like <laughs> fuck you, like. They're actually getting, they're working another deal with uh, Dave Chappelle right now. They should. They paid him twenty four million dollars for that last one. You think there gonna... there is money in anti censorship right now? Like there's so many people who want no censorship on their. There's more people that don't want that. It's just a very small group of dumb motherfuckers. But because of the internet, they have this very loud voice, and yep. it seems like there's a lot. There's not really that many people. Right. It's. Uh, I don't know anybody who is angry at Dave Chappelle. No, me I don't neither. know a single I don't know person. one person. And if you like if you I don't know. if if you were offended by that, you need to go find a fucking cliff and just jump off of yeah, it. You need that, to go back and watch some Dave Chappelle show. Like that shit was offensive and it was still hilarious. Oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> that no. shit was way more shit offensive. Can you still find that? Did they did they no, delete that they, from the internet? <laughs> no, I think it's on Netflix. Is it on Netflix? I think the Chappelle it, show? I think they put the Chappelle show on there. And he actually had made a comment about how like he should get way more money or something for it. They took it down and then they paid him and they put it back up. From my understanding, hmm. there's some there was some like story about this like just within like the last year, but I think it is on Netflix right now. Yeah, I know he had some problems with it. I don't know the details though, but yeah, they, didn't they try to like do a couple seasons without him? I thought they did like a season without him or something. I don't know, maybe like, that maybe Comedy like Central did ridiculous. or something. <laughs> I could see them doing that. Yeah. I don't know if it ever aired. <laughs> <laughs> Chappelle show with no Chappelle. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, people do some stupid stuff for money, though. Yeah. You just don't want to let things die. Was, I got real into big into like Key and Peel after that. I thought those guys were fucking funny. Oh, yeah. Key and Peel's good. Those guys were, were really good. Their skits are just fucking. I just cried, dude. <laughs> I'm laughing on some of their shit. It's so dumb. I, I don't know how they humor. come up with that stuff just oh, constantly. I know. They have so much and material. It's so good. Like some of the skits. Yeah, like, I can't imagine like doing a skit show like weekly. How do you come up with all that? How long were they writing before they started like releasing the episodes? Yeah, I imagine there's at least like a three to five, six month just writing process where they're just doing the bits and then they just fucking probably film it all in like maybe course two of months. a year they do like four no seasons. i would say probably like two or three months well like <laughs> yeah. the whole season you know what i mean like yeah. just you know film all the skits and then do all the bullshit with the studio audience and that would be fun though yeah i mean that's kind of what i want to get in the entertainment industry for for something fun i mean there's a lot of jobs in the entertainment industry that aren't you know oh for sure yeah. you could you could be setting up a bunch of technical equipment you're still in the Being entertainment industry yeah, being a roadie. That would suck. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm going to have to be there at some point. <laughs> be a roadie? To go through the work, just yeah. to put the hours in. I was my own roadie, man, being in bands. Fucking 
Yeah. Even my full stack. Be managers have a bad slash roadie. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I always help load equipment in and stuff. I'm always like, it's because you're a nice guy. I'm always driving shit. But we we went out to Texas once, and like I had to like borrow my dad's truck, and we fucking rented a 12 foot trailer. It was Arcanaut and Condemned Till Dawn, so it was two bands. We had two trucks and one big ass trailer, and I was like driving the trailer, me and me and uh, Dan, all the way to Texas, and, like all the way back, and we were supposed to hit New Mexico <laughs> on the way back. And that turned into a really bad shit show. Like, the venue was not what we thought it was going to be. She said fuck it. They couldn't fit a whole band on the stage they pointed at. We were just like, we're not That's the worst, when you get there and the stage is small. Yeah, and we were a state away. So we were really, really pissed off. And, like, we were just going to go back to the hotel room and play video games until the morning and then leave. Like, just fuck the show. Like, fuck you guys. You guys didn't tell us what we were gonna, what we were getting in. They booked a rap show on the same day, so the bigger stage that could have fit us, they had a rap like like rappers setting up equipment ready to play. And like, you guys realize if we start playing, they won't be able to hear themselves. Like, we are gonna blow them out of the building. Like, can't do this. We're leaving. Like, that sounds uh, extremely nerve wracking. and then planning this tour and then like not knowing really what you're getting into. Yeah. Funny, you know? Yeah. We learned a few things. <laughs> yeah. We learned a lot about, uh, you know, um, you know, the pre-work for, for planning out your, yeah. your tour and everything. Like we didn't even look at it from, from Google street view or anything. We should have, that would have, yeah, that would have sat right on there. The view if we went look. on Google view and looked at this place, we would have known right then. Like yeah. we're not going there. You were just hoping but, it was going to be yep, good. We were hoping because it was out of state, something new, but, uh, yeah, there was like tweakers lining up outside the venue for this rap show. Oh, and we had our trailer full of all of our equipment right in front of everybody. Yeah. And then we went to Walgreens, took the other car to Walgreens and the, cashier came running from outside she's like you guys need any help i was just looking for that dude who's breaking into cars you know you guys need anything <sighs> we're, we're like uh nope we're good we just walked out and that's guys, the other you gotta drive that's the other stressful <laughs> thing is uh worrying about your equipment you know because that's just yeah. not cheap yeah i was pretty convinced that somebody was gonna follow us back to the hotel and cut the trailer open yeah. so we left that night we're like i don't care how tired we are we're gonna get some bangs and drive back to Arizona yeah, right yeah. now. Like, fuck that. We're not staying here. Yeah, you would have definitely probably got jacked. Mm, that would have been a horrible, horrible nightmare for a show we didn't even play. There's it's nothing like, worse than um, getting your music gear stolen. I, I My band used to practice at, uh, France, was it Francisco Studios? Yeah, next, yeah, next Francisco. To the Bush Company. Yeah, we used to practice there. The one, the one next to the Bush Company? There's a couple different. Well, I actually practiced at the other one. Uh, There's a couple different buildings, I, I but it's all on, the same. Uh, Palm Lane in the 17. That one's yep. super ghetto. Um, yep. That's the one that our band had yeah, for a while. I saw, dude, I saw the wildest, craziest shit I've ever seen in my life ever, dude. I spent <laughs> Back to that my massage whole high school. <laughs> yeah, I spent my whole uh, high school days there, dude, fucking partying and practicing. And anyway, and then there's the one by the Bush Company. But uh, one day we went to practice and, you know, there's those blue hallways and shit. Yeah. And there's that fucking uh, soda machine there. We just see my buddy's base cab just like right next to it and i'm like what the is that your cab like, what the fuck we look down the hall and there's like little pieces of our shit 
you know, like leading all the way until our door and our door had just been pushed in. You know what I mean? Like what you could tell is I killed like a sledgehammer or something and like all the shit that was on the ground, like they probably got startled and just couldn't pick up and they fucking grabbed like all our drummers symbols. those are really expensive. You know what I mean? I got my like rack gear. So I'd have like a guitar rack with like my, you know, effects processor, like my EQ, my like lights, you know, all that shit. That was like fucking maybe eight grand is right there, you know, and my other buddy's rack. And long story short, this is the craziest shit ever. My old boss, he was my old telemarketing boss calls and he's like, Hey man, I know this guy has all this equipment for sale. Do you, do you want to check it out? It's really cheap. Huh. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> I was like, you know, we just got our shit. He's like, what? He's like, well, let's go over there and just see if it's your shit. So we go over there, me and my other guitar player, I went in the car while my other guitar player and they went in there and they just act like they were buying it. And sure as shit, it was all of our stuff. I mean, we got like stickers of bands like on our rat gear that like, no one would ever know about. So he comes back, he's like, dude, that's our fucking shit. And this is like some fucking tweaker in a uh, fucking uh, Maryville. Oh God. And so <laughs> we leave and we kind of like think of a plan and shit. And Literally for like the next six weeks, dude, I like tortured this motherfucker. Like I would leave notes at his door and he would give us like pieces here and there. But he claimed that the Hell's Angels stole our shit and that he was getting it from the Hell's Angels and all this shit. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, what okay. the fuck? Or whatever. They don't give a so, shit about that stuff. Yeah. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? So he, we got about 70% of our shit back. We end up like meeting him in like a, uh, the parking lot of a Safeway and he was going to drop off the rest of our gear while we picked it up. But like, he thought like he was going to get jacked and we thought we were going to get jacked. So like my guitar player, his little brother was like in a little gang wannabe. So they had their <laughs> gang friends like with guns driving around. It was like, it was like a movie, like doing this, like trade off of all of our equipment <laughs> in this parking lot God and shit. Damn. But, um, this guy would come out of his house. And go, hey man, you can't keep coming over here and fucking with me. You know, man, I got a kids and kids in there. It's just tweaking out of his fucking balls and shit. And, <laughs> It just drove me nuts because the the band that we shared a studio with, I'm not, I'm not going to mention their names, but they were supposed to be these, these bad, tough motherfuckers. They were like big guys, you know what I mean? They act like they were the toughest dudes ever. Mm-hmm. Biggest pussies in the entire world when it comes to finding out who stole our shit. I told them, like, yeah, it's at this house. They didn't do anything about it because... Their uh, parents own a fucking uh, car dealership in the valley. And so they just got yeah. all brand new gear and didn't care. And I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, you guys are the biggest pussies I've ever seen in my life. In the meantime, me, the skinny little dude and my guitar player, you know, going over acting like we're all tough and shit, even though we're not. It's just because I was so mad that he, the fucking thief, <laughs> dude. I, that was dude, like, I nuts. cried when that happened, dude. I barely, you know what I mean? Like, you go on there and you see all your shit gun. Like that was like going back to what I was talking about earlier. I started with a practice amp, you yeah. know what I mean? And then I would birthday money or like my telemarketing job, whatever. And then buy a new amp, get a bigger one. Then it gets bigger and a better guitar yeah. and more effects pedals. That's like this years. motherfucker comes in there and just takes it. Fuck you, dude. That sucks, man. It's like years of investment. Exactly. But ever since this, ever since then, now they have locks on there. Like this was before, uh, the, oh, the so it was exterior. just like a single deadbolt or something? It was just like the deadbolts that go into the frame. So yeah. all you had to do is just fucking sledge that hammer and it would just push right through into the frame. Oh, now wow. they have like locks on the outside of the door. Yeah, and there's like, more I think there might even be cameras. Yeah, there's a couple cameras. Yeah, Who knows that they work, that but they have them. Yeah, <laughs> it was so fucking... So ghetto down there. We were practicing down there, but anyway. Yeah, it's still pretty ghetto. <laughs> yeah. That area is never going to change. The one on Palm Lane is wild, dude. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. Uh, man, 
there's like that massage parlor and then there's like warehouses around it's like an industrial area but i'm pretty sure people live in those industrial oh, yards for sure. <laughs> like there's like beat up ass we campers and RVs life once, man. we were all getting high outside in the parking lot before we we're gonna leave and this guy just wa- this indian guy just walks up with his thumb like this and just blood's gushing out and this lady just like help help and you're just like going like this and uh there's a payphone there it's like before we had even had cell phones you all pagers and shit my friend calls fucking 911 and he comes to find out he got st- just like right around the corner from where we're at, he just got shanked with a box cutter Jesus. right in the neck. And literally the blood and the like plasma was coming out and he was dying in front of our eyes, dude. Like he was fucking, that's nuts. Like standing up. And then before you know, he was on the ground. He's like closing his eyes just in time. The fire department came dude and took him. Away. I don't even know if he fucking survived or not and shit. This is like one of about a thousand stories I could tell you like this being on that on that palm lane, dude. That area is bad. Man. Yeah. It's and I was so like bad. 16. Oh, my, my God. Like my, I, my parents had no idea like what when I'd say I was going to band practice. They didn't know I was like in the most ghetto area of, of town <laughs> and shit, too. This is like when I was in high school, dude. Yeah. you pretty lawless over there. <laughs> yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah. So anyway. Well, man, uh, I think we had a good conversation. Yeah, definitely, dude. dude. Hope I didn't talk your ear off there. Oh, no, it's great. For a I love bit, it. So. All the stories in the world. <laughs> right, cool. Just bring them on, man. Oh, yeah. I appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah. Uh, well, so. I hope uh, I hope everything goes smoothly with your production. I hope it kicks off, and I want to see that shit on Netflix. Fuck yeah, dude. I appreciate that, <laughs> dude. All right, man. All right, thanks for having me on, dude. Talk to you later.